Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com golf. Fella. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a fresh new episode of Missing Curfew. I'm Shane O'Brien coming to you from Hall Pass Media in Newport Beach. We got our first Missing Curfew Playoff Edition. Uh, me and Updog are going to talk a little spring classic. Obviously, playoff hockey's back. The game won between Tampa and Florida. Flurry, 15 straight years in the playoff. Kucherov and Stamkos coming back, doing some fucking and much, much more of playoff hockey. Let me introduce my boy, the Updog. Shane O'Brien, what a weekend we had. An absolute treat to play alongside of you at the Big Canyon Spring Classic. Uh, our member, member guests, what a fucking tourney, bro. Wow. we uh, It was a great weekend. Our course was in phenomenal shape, so credit to those boys. The new, the new superintendent there has been killing it, but our boy uh, Beecher on the bag, Jason Beach, who uh, kicked our ass two weeks ago, uh, he shot a little 65 on that. <laughs> Nine birdies <laughs> for our caddy, but... Um, what a treat. We actually, you know, we stepped up. We had five matches. Five, five total matches, matches. Against uh, some really quality, quality players. I mean, they threw us in the A flight. I know. I right thought where which, we deserved to which be. Which exactly too. turned out better for us, I think, because I got a few more strokes, right? And then you got, I mean, you didn't even need your strokes. You made so many key birdies for us. The second match against our boy, Pickup and Moody, you made four birdies in nine holes, and that was fucking turning the lights out on those boys. Well, one eagle, though, right? You or eat. no, the Eagle was the next game. You made the statement um, on Saturday morning in our first match. We started on number two, which is like a, well, for Uppy, it's a par four, but it's a reachable par five. You hit a good drive, and you hit a fucking bomb little cut drive that you had like 140 yards in or something. That was tasty. Yeah. Um, and speaking of tasty, I, I love the fact that our morning rounds were, you know, we get to the first couple holes, and then you're just looking at me. You're like, I need a fucking drink. <laughs> <laughs> let's start drinking. I'm like, all right, let's go, baby. And we just, we worked it. We, we had did. a full missing curfew, absolute uh, team chemistry uh, that led into a, 
you know, that led to us winning our flight and then jumping into a, to a 10 team derby, which uh, was highlighted by my, my daughter, Izzy and yeah. Christina and her mom showing up uh, and us just, you know, parading. We had the Grayson tarps on shout out to Grayson hooking us up with some nice tarps and uh, man, we almost did it. We were right there. I put you in the bunker we, we twice. I put you in the bunker twice. It could have cost us. You made some hell of a bunker shot, and I knew you'd do it. Um, I mean, the, God, I got, I got him out of the bunker for you. It's not like I – I mean, I gave you like 12, 13-footers both times. But for the, our listeners that don't know what a derby is, so every flight, there was 10 flights. Each winner of each flight gets in a derby, and then everybody from the club is there. There's music playing, people watching, and then you eliminate teams every every hole. So the first two holes, then you eliminate a team. The next hole, you eliminate a team. So we made it to the 18th hole. We were giving up shots to everyone, but it was just a cool event to see all the members around there drinking and um, up dog. It was a great weekend for us. Team building, you know. Team anytime building. You, anytime you get in those derbies, it's a good weekend. Good to get the blood flow going. The, to, another <laughs> thing, by the way, we have matured. People that don't think we matured because we were in the derby and we were too sober. Remember, yeah, After yeah. the second hole, you're like, I'm like, I'm too sober. Like, so you're like, let's go do a shot or something. So, at least we paced ourselves up. That's so. uh, that's damn right. So, you know, we we use that we use that momentum. Good character builder. Although we didn't host the trophy, man. We we uh, you know we got in the depths. We felt the blood again. Got that adrenaline going, just like fucking playoff hockey, yeah. which we're going to talk about today. Uh, we had fans cheering us on, which a lot of these teams right drunk now fans. has got some fans, drunk some fans. drunk fans, just like we saw in Carolina. And uh, that's exciting for everyone, uh, especially here at Missing Curfew for us. And uh, we're going to touch on that. Yeah. So thank you to Big Canyon. I'll be your great partner. We fucking, we want our flight, but we, we'll get them next year, I guess. Um, and you mentioned it, I'll be playoff hockey's back. Uh, it's been a great year. Well, not maybe not the words great, but for the NHL, they got through a COVID year with no fans and blah, blah, blah. And now playoff hockey is back. And for me, I just feel normal watching it again. Obviously, we're going to get into Tampa and Carolina. But what are your initial th thoughts on the playoff hockey, just people back in the building and feeling normal again? I love it. Uh, sat and watched the game, the Vegas Golden Knights game the other day with Todd Pickup, who's a majority a minority owner. And uh, we highlighted just the fact that, you know, you look around and you get the excitement. These guys... You know, whether it's P.A. Peronto staring in the glass, looking at his <laughs> hair or up dog, you know, throwing numbers over the glass with on his puck to get uh, something working after the game. Whatever the case may be, there's fans in the building for playoff hockey. Uh, the Stanley Cup is four rounds away from being given out. And it's exciting time for, for fans. It's exciting time for players. We're going to touch on, you know, Canada and, you know, the players still having to play in front of no fans, which is which is upsetting. After seeing Carolina last night against the Nashville Predators, you know, on this, you know, on this comeback, scoring goals, tying the game, Jordan Stahl playing like he's, you know, he 22 again. Um, and just whether they had 12,000 fans or they packed it to 16,000, which would look like it, I don't care. It was great and uh, great for hockey just to see these fans jump up and down and, and cheer. And the, those Carolina fans, by the way, they got some good-looking, uh, they got some tasty-looking cheerleaders. Yeah, they there. always had great cheerleaders. Great cheerleaders. You, you used to walk by them to go out on for warm-up. Yeah. You could just kind of smell like they, you know, <laughs> just smell good. Some, some, some barns like the Joe Lewis smelt like popcorn and hot dogs. Not Carolina when you walk by those cheerleaders. No, it smelled like nice perfume. But the one thing, Carolina's always been a great barn to play in. It's, it's a great fan base. For me, just I was a little concerned with like these guys had played each other over and over all year, right? And I was like, well, I wonder if it's going to get the playoffs. You're going to be like, well, we've already played these guys eight times. 
And it's kind of been the opposite. The the anger that they've had throughout the course of the season has carried over. And there's nothing better than playoff hockey up. And to have these fans back in the building for these guys, I don't know, man. I've just been at home watching them, and it's made me feel good. Uh, there's no better time of year. And for the sacrifice that these players have made, they deserve it so much. So let's keep getting more fans and fans in the building. And, and playoff hockey, man, it's it's so exciting up dog. Obes, what's the loudest barn that you played in when you think about playoff time hockey? You think about, you know, not only the anthem. I think everyone will know which barn that is. But mm-hmm. fans, atmosphere, buildings, acoustics, What's what's tops it off for you? Yeah, so for me, it's it was... Well, the first year we played St. Louis in the first round, that barn was fucking buzzing when I was in Vancouver. Van, yeah. No, but St. Louis, yeah. that rink was loud. Obviously, the Madhouse on Madison was extremely loud, the anthem and everything, and then uh, Staples. Ooh, yeah, Staples, Va- Vancouver, in, Vancouver yeah. in LA, we played my second year, and Staples was way louder than Vancouver. The fans were great there. You know, Staples just has good energy in regular season games. So those three barns, and then Vancouver was, was pretty good itself with the white towels, but those three barns are the ones that jump out for me. So I think back, for me, fans, the sound of the fans is San Jose 100. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like 100%. The Shark Tank, the fans, it's it, it was crazy. And it wasn't just our uh, – I felt that actually my first year when I was in Nashville. I played my first playoff game. You know, I was 21 or 22. We lost in five that year. But the fans were crazy. Um, moving forward, Philadelphia versus Washington, 2008. Uh, we made game seven, Lupul, the Lupul Heroics. What a in, celebration, in, in overtime. That acoustics in there, we could feel the bass under our ass sitting on the bench. I'm talking shaking. And like looking, you know, you just get that feeling. You're like, boys, it's time. Fucking game seven. Let's go. And you're feeling like this bass underneath you just pump and pump and pump. And it's like through your bones. Yeah. That was that. Now, next round, playing Montreal in the Montreal Forum. Bell Center. Bell Center. We call it the fucking new form. Ah, Whatever. Fuck, it's, fuck. It rocks. Uh, it was rocking, and that's just like the cathedral. So that's like your holy. That's like your holy grail of playoff hockey. Just you know, French diehard fans expecting Montreal to kick the shit out of us, and we did the exact opposite and kicked <laughs> the shit out of them. So that uh, it had never been so quiet in there after we beat them, but that was a that was a hell of experience for fans in the in you know in I remember game. that playoff series you guys bitch slapped them around what about Dallas was Dallas good to play I'm too in the playoffs? busy looking at the cheerleaders yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember you guys played them the second in the second round the one year right in St. Louis uh, we played them in the second round yeah I remember watching those seven. games and thought it was pretty like loud in there um but yeah and but it's it's tough because they don't they just don't know hockey as good as like what well, yeah. San Jose fans are crazy. Well, that bar in general, just in the regular season, it feels yeah. like it's on top of you. So come playoff time, I can only imagine. Like there were some nights in there when San Jose was winning presidents trophies and stuff, and Jumbo and Boiler and Patty Marlowe and the list cheat shoe goes on and on, and they get you going. That I mean, it's unstoppable. It was unstoppable yeah. back in the day. Yeah, it's so. good time hockey. Um, up dog, there one thing I did notice, and listen, I, I get it, it's because of COVID. We're trying to get make more revenue back for the owners and the players and all this, but one of the best things, because Princey put up a sick picture of you in Florida, and when I think back of playoff hockey, I remember this, like, when you come out for that first warm-up of game one, and they had Stanley Cup playoffs in blue, written just inside both blue lines, and you come out, and the barn's already full, and you're like, all right, this is fucking playoff hockey. I know it sounds kind of stupid that it's only paint on the ice, but... I watch these games, I'm like, something's different. And obviously they're doing the sponsorships um, 
what kind of style they do. Hologram. It's like Holog a hologram like a hologram style, style yeah. because I get they're trying to make money. But when you saw that picture of Princey, I was with you on the golf course of you, sorry. You were like, what a sick fucking pick. Remember coming out with that Stanley Cup playoffs sure on the did, ice? Like, it's just the feeling you got was. Yeah, I think almost every team, like as soon as you, as soon as the regular season's over and you're going into the playoffs, they scrape the ice and they start putting the logo down right away. Yeah. And that kind of starts it. And now that there's social media and stuff, the team starts putting it out there like, it's time, right? Dot, 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 playoff hockey. And then boom, it's a picture of your new ice surface with like 2019 Stanley, Stanley Cup, Cup playoffs. playoffs. And then when you get out there on that sheet for the first practice, yeah, you know, it's usually a day before the, the match. You're kind of, fuck boys, we played all year to get right here. It's time, you know, and, and to your, you know, it's funny that you noticed that because that was a sick photo of, of me, no bucket, just fucking coming Yeah, up. well, you showed it to me on the golf course. You're like, look oh, at this yeah, sick yeah. picture Princey put up. And yeah. then I was watching the games, the first couple games, and I'm like, something's different. Yeah. What's, I don't know. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, they don't have a Stanley Cup playoffs written on the ice. And like, for me as a player, like, I remember like you just said, like, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it, that, and then you come in the first day after the regular season or the first practice and all your under stuff has Stanley cup playoffs yeah, on it. Your bucket has gear. Stanley cup playoffs on it. You're like, here we go. Yeah. We just got through 82 games up of fucking ups and downs and peaks and valleys and missing curfews and being totally. late for buses and fuck. But here we go. This is time. And you just feel like, wow, that young kid from Fort McMurray and Port Hope. When I saw that stuff, I'm like this, I'm playing for the Stanley cup. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Like this is for the Stanley cup. It's exciting. And then, and the feeling as it goes on, Obes, and you've been there. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've, Second round three times. Totally, I mean, yeah, right? But you know it. Every time you get past that one round, bro, half the teams get eliminated, half are still alive, and you're, you know, you're that much closer to the to the ultimate goal of of winning a cup as a kid. And and it and it starts like one game at a fucking time, as cliche as it is. It started a couple days ago and we're seeing some great hockey. We're seeing some intense hockey. Uh like you said, not sure how this was gonna go with these teams playing each other so much this year, but Man, what we saw in a couple of these rounds and some hits yeah. and some suspensions, it's uh, it's on. We're going to get right into that now. And just another thing about talking about playoff hockey, the best and worst feeling, the best feeling is when you shake the hands of the guys you just beat out, right? Especially guys that you had played with you. Like if I would have beat you out or you would have beat me out, we would have gave each other a hug and, you know, I'd see you in a couple of weeks or whatever. And then when you lose, you know, you're just like, fuck, it's you over. Booze. You lose. <laughs> you win or lose, you hit the booze. But playoff hockey, man, it's, it's back and it's feeling good. So Uppy... You called this series the Sunshine Fuck Fest. And wow, what a great name because it's been doing some fucking early. Um, it was the best game that I have watched in the Stanley Cup in the NHL, sorry, since maybe the finals of the St. Louis Blues and Boston Bruins. Maybe that game seven was better than it or that series, but it's the, it was the best hockey game. The game one of Tampa and Florida was the yeah. best hockey game I've watched since 2019. Yeah, different lead changes. It was just hitting, hitting it fighting. was scrums. There were scrums. Fighting. Fighting. There were scrums after every fucking whistle. Yeah. And I loved every second of it. Totally. And granted to the and to the ref, it was an old school veteran ref's name, and maybe we could look it up, but can you look it up who ref that sure game? Can. He did a great job of of calling the game the right way, of letting things go. Uppy, there were some borderline hits in that whole game. That in the regular season are penalties. But that is what playoff hockey was all about. The 9,000 fans in Florida were unbelievable. And just give me your thoughts on that game one as a, as a former Lightning and a Panther, more of a Lightning than a Panther. But for you, what were your thoughts seeing that barn rocking again? And just, I mean, what an excellent hockey game. You know what? It's, it's two teams that for me are as good as any. 
and have played each other a lot. They know each other. The last game of the season, which is a great game to uh, to kind of you know determine how this playoff series is going to go, were fights, line brawls, like goals. I mean, look at Huberdor. I, I, Hubie, Hubie, Hubie. Fuck, it was incredible. So uh, I got the ref's name. We is got it Dan, Dan O'Rourke? Yeah. Beauty. I we just had it. it written down. I'm like, I think Dan, it's Dan O'Rourke. It's Dan O'Rourke and Kyle Raymond. Yeah, Dan uh, O'Rourke was the, guy, there was the one ref that I was like, this guy's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. Totally. All you had to do was just look at him like, Danny, you know what the fuck's going on? You know, yeah. he knows. And he called so many just uh, coincidental. So it's a lot, yeah. of, a lot of four on four. Fuck, that's so exciting. It's exciting. It yeah. keeps the game fast. I thought he did a great job. Um, yeah, nothing slows the game down more than than just two minute minors for nothing. I know, you know, like a, whatever. You want to? Both guys are fucking around, throwing both in the box. Yeah, or just come and say, boys, keep her going. You want to drop the mitts tonight's <laughs> tonight's tonight? Let's go. Yeah, I'd rather see them not call anything and just let it continue five on five. But he was trying to obviously the game doesn't get completely out of hand. So he was trying, but he didn't give out any tens, which I love because there's nothing worse than the playoffs. Me and you are scrumming it up. And the next thing you know, we get two tens and we're sitting there. Our legs go. We're like out of the game because we were just playing emotionally. Totally. Emotion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With emotion. With emotion. Yeah. yeah. So no, I was watching the game at the wild goose, which is a great bar here in Newport. Yeah. And uh, Christina showed great up her, with, her, with a couple of her friends and I'm just totally into this game. I'm talking, it's rocking. I got on all the TVs in there and uh, you know, it's like, middle of the third period and i'm like fucking a i didn't bet florida but i wanted to i took tampa yeah well i know you and loops were going back and forth loops yeah. thinks tampa is the best the best team in the league and, he, I, and I mean they <laughs> well, might be right now it wouldn't point and kucherov play like that and stammer we'll get into that yeah. it's it's it could be turn the lights out but florida is not going anywhere yes sam bennett hit is is tough and we got to dive into that because it was it was a big impactful play and it will be in the series should things not go their way this game mm -hmm. um but the way the lead changes happen the way that they the energy in front of the net the way that they uh the puck battles um strong play our boy your boy weeks like Weegsy stepping baby. up i'm watching him go behind their net and like open fucking do the old 1080 fucking <laughs> montour was great too monty had yeah. so many fucking so, chances so just a good, like a good quality game back and forth. The Florida Panthers aren't going anywhere. They're they're meaning business, and uh, I think the road to the Stanley Cup right now for the Tampa Bay Lightning is going to be a hard one. Um, and it starts, you know, it starts in this series. It's a, it's back and forth, man. It's going to be good. It is going to be hard, and we're going to talk Central Division with our boy Broadway here in a little bit. But you know, you watch Carolina Nashville last night, and Nashville, hey, you got Brad fucking Richardson. A Stanley Cup champion. You don't dress him for game one. Get him in there for game two, for fuck's sakes. He's good in the faceoff circle. He competes. He's a playoff guy. If Richie's not in there for game two for Nashville, it's a joke. But you're right. It could be for them to get out of the central. Like, Florida's going to be a tough series. Let's talk about the Sam Bennett hit up. You, you got it on your iPad there. I'll go first before I get your thoughts on it, just because I talked about it yesterday. When I initially saw the hit, I, it's a penalty, yes. I even would have been okay with giving him five in a game in game one because it's an emotional game. It is what it is. Set the tone that that's not allowed. Five in a game. Tampa probably would <laughs> The way their power play was clicking in game one, you know, they could have got two goals on, a, on the, on the five-minute power play. The game would have been over. But whatever. The game two, it is what it is, but then they suspend him for game two. Now, Florida has worked extremely hard to get to where they are. Sam Bennett, a guy who you said at the deadline, was a great pickup, and he's gone down there and done unbelievable stuff. For me to suspend him game two, if, if Florida loses this game, Uppy, their season is 
It's over. I mean, they're going back to Tampa down 0-2. I think they should have given him five in a game and let him play game two. What were your thoughts on the hit? When I first saw it, I thought he was up against the boards. Up, He was kind of a foot away, so it's, it's a little dangerous. Playoff time, everything gets amplified. Uh, little plays, turnovers. There was some turnovers in the Washington game yesterday. There was turnovers in the Vegas game that caused he caused a goal. And we'll talk about those. Hitting and, you know, penalties also get magnified. I said amplified. I meant magnified. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that is. Probably both, actually. I'm not a thesaurus or anything. But anyway, um, this, this hit... I, and I was a I was a good hitter for the way my body size or whatever, but I could time you it's, would, it's yeah. timing and it's like delivery. Mm-hmm. Some guys could be fucking you know six three and as big as you know just rip, but they have no idea how to actually hit. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, no timing. So no timing. So timing wise, when I look at this hit, Sam Bennett obviously takes a hit from McDonough earlier in the game. Could have been suspension. He's coming off his bench. He's going in. He's back checking. He's a low centerman. He gets to his face-off dot. He's not slowing down. He's going to bury this Coleman. He's burying Coleman. Yeah. He's made up his mind. Coleman stops, re- throws the puck behind the net. There is, you know, when I think of a hockey play and that play happens, he throws the puck behind the net. He turns the other way. You're supposed to actually, in practice, when you work with coaches and you do these drills, you, you're told to fucking throw the puck and go. You're not supposed to throw the puck and stay, right? Like you're talking about turn back up? Like after yeah, you, put, you yeah, turn to, back like up the wall. The net. You yeah. throw it behind yeah. and you try to beat your D out of the wall. Yeah. That's the way you, you get to the middle. That's how you play hockey now. Yeah. That's it. You watch any sort of after, uh, after practice drill with the forwards. Uh, Coleman, right? Yeah. He would get fucking reamed out by the coach. Move your feet. Pass it and move. Well, Sam Bennett was hoping he was passing and moving instead of passing and just watching his pass go because his timing was going to hit him as he turned. He doesn't turn. He's fucking a foot and a half away from the wall. He buries his face into the wall from behind. You're not allowed to hit a guy in the numbers, yeah. so it's so illegal. Uh, but I know where he was. I know what his mission was, and it wasn't to hit the guy from behind, although he just said, fuck it, I'm going in. <laughs> well, like you said before when we were talking before we came on here, like, and it's same as a defenseman, too. When you commit to hit a guy, like, I'm going to go hit you. Like, headshots. I talked about this with Cooley and Steger. Like, if a forward's coming around the net and I'm a D-man, I go to hit this guy. I've already, like, committed to it, and he loses his head a little bit, and I hit him in the head. Fuck, it's a tough bounce. But, like, what you're saying, he committed to the hit, hoping that, anticipating that Blake was going to go up, Coleman was going to go up the wall, and didn't. And then you just catch him. Yeah. And it's fucking, that's, and then that was the way the game was played the whole day, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a fine line. In the playoffs, it's like, it's like Kadri a couple of years, you know, it's, oh, it's yeah. Kadri in Boston, just kind of just going above what he needed to do. Like you, you didn't have to cross check the guy in the face. You could have punched him and it might've changed the way <laughs> exactly. your career went, the way the playoff round went, you know, for your Maple Leafs, for the city itself, just because you crossed the line just in a split second. And that's, you know, Sam Bennett's lucky. He only got one game. If, if Coleman's hurt, it's different. It, it really is. If he's, if he's out, it's, it's maybe two. And two, like you guys talked yeah. about on your show, two games in the playoffs is ten games in the regular season. Yeah. No, Uppy, you're, you're you're right. If he if he's hurt, it's a lot more. And it's just it's that one game that everyone's like, oh yeah, you're just digging him one. Well, fuck, one's, one's important. Two. Like yeah. if they lose tonight, it's 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 over. And turnovers, Uppy, you bring up turnovers. Listen, the Stanley Cup playoff hockey's been fast, exciting, physical, but the amount of turnovers that happen in a game, and when a team goes up two goals and. The chances they give up right away because of turnovers. Like, it's just, I, I know the game has changed. But back in our day, like, if a team got up two, you're like, you were locking that down. 
Like make the safe play. I know guys turn now and they skate away from pucks and it's just, I guess it is what it is, but there has been a lot of turnovers in the first few nights. Um, did you see the Hornquist hit on Braden Point in that game one of Tampa? So Braden Point was on the half wall and I think he cycled it down and had another guy on him and Horny came down the wall and fucking oh, the drilled him. the old fucking tutu. Yes, the old Good. fucking tutu. It drilled him and like it was a big hit and it was a cunty hit. Yeah. It was cunty. But there was tons of shit out there that was borderline, which I loved. And I feel bad for Bennett because this kid's been unbelievable. For him, I hope Florida gets it done. But if they lose two to Tampa, it's in one. Uppy, they need uh, some goaltending. Yeah, they're going they, with... They just, you know... Uh, you can let that tying goal happen, but then you got to, like, make a save. I know it's Braden Point on a breakaway, you know, and fuck, he's probably going to score that 80% of the time. What maybe. a dish by Hedman. Yeah, it was a sick dish. But, like, that's when you step up in your own building game one. Like, keep the game alive. Get to overtime against these, you know. Get, yeah. Just get that game to overtime. Your team battled it out, Bobrovsky, and that's probably why he's uh, slated to not start the next game. They're going with Dreger tonight. This is Tuesday. Obviously, we record on yeah. Tuesday. They're going with Dreger, which I don't know. I like going back to the veteran. But I, I think if you go to Bobrovsky tonight and they lose game two, then you go to Dreger. But what I mean, Coach Q knows more. Yeah, than yeah. I, I don't know, but that was sometimes my you're down too. It's too late. Could be too late. So you want your team to, you know, the, the team needs a spark. They're losing Bennett. They need a, they need a spark. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the goalie. And and I'm sure Joel Quinville knows how the team within the dressing room rallies around this this young kid. And I'm sure, uh, I'm sure they'll step up tonight and have a big match down there in Sunrise, Florida. Can't wait to watch it. Um, you talk about OT games. We got to ask Scoopsy here when we talk Parlay Cafe with him. All first three. Games of the playoffs went to overtime first time in the history of NHL playoffs. And fuck, every game's could have. That Tampa Florida game should have went into overtime, like you said. So maybe we should be. I'm going to ask Broadway too about the puck line taking the goals. Um, Updog, face offs. I've been watching these games, buddy, and just how important they are come playoff time. And we talk about guys like Nate Thompson still in the league. And, <laughs> you know, Dominic Moore played forever. And there's some other face off guys Kyle I'm Brozniak. forgetting. Brozniak. There's like Ryan O'Reilly. We're going to get into the West Division, too. It got ugly there for the Blues in the second half, but he kept it closer because of the face-offs, his dominant. It's just so important this time of year to start with the puck. It is, it is. I was watching the Golden Knights game, and, and it was one thing that the Golden Knights just couldn't start with the puck. And they're a team that is a puck possession team, and you know they're playing Minnesota, who plays tight, who, you know, who plays a super tight game and uh, has been getting great goaltending. And if you can't... If you can't be a team that plays and you know an aggressive in your style, like losing draws is a momentum killer. Yeah, you know you have such a good shift, and then you t pin these guys down. You lose a draw, and then blah 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 blah. It's fucking. You and you're know. just chasing the game. You feel like you're chasing. Like you, as a forward, if you lose a faceoff, you could go a 30 second shift where you're literally just skating around, chase, chasing the puck the entire yeah. shift. You go the one two two. <laughs> you get back to the bench. You're like fuck. Yeah. Yeah, especially as a winger. Right? It's like fucking boring sometimes. <laughs> um, but it's not only the centerman. You talk about Nate Thompson being a good centerman and these guys being able to snap it back. It's it's everyone. It's it's your wingers. It's, you know, it's setting up the right way, knowing what's going to happen, having a plan, you know, and then and then all just kind of, it's, it's a battle. A lot of those pucks that just kind of end up in the centerman's feet, it's... 50 50 in most cases and if you're a winger it's it's your duty to help your centerman out uh get in there and start fucking absolutely it is wingers and your d gotta help you gotta box guys out i've just noticed these games i've been watching and 
mainly the, the teams I've had money on, if they're not winning face-offs, I'm like, would someone get in there and bend their fucking knees and win a draw or something? Like, So moving forward, these guys that are snapping them back, it's going to be important. Um, Updog, you brought up Kucherov and Stammer. We had talked about Kuch. Listen, he was out the entire year, and we had Stammer on the pod after they won the mug, and Stammer said, and this is why I thought Kucherov could come back and not be rusty. He said he does. he's not really in the gym lifting weights. He's always working on his craft. I had Brian Engblom on, who does play-by-play for the Lightning. Kucherov in his garage in Tampa has the plastic ice in his garage with a net. And he's just toe-dragging everything. He's just going short titty after fucking drinking two balls of red wine at his fucking sick pad in Tampa. And what Stammer said is all he does is work on his craft. So just talk about were you shocked about him coming back, the way Stammer played, and their power play uppy. I mean... Say what you want about Florida. They got to stay out of the box. Yeah. Um, before we get into all that, just the way you just described it, and I'm having these flashbacks, but some of the best times, well, some of the best hockey I've ever played was when I was younger, mm-hmm. when I was in junior, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I wasn't into the booze as much. You were? I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. No, but <laughs> yeah, right. I in my in Selena and Louie Redenbach's place, my billets and cantaloupes, I had a net. And I had a fucking shooting tutor there. Mm -hmm. I had pucks everywhere. And I would just go and hammer pucks, whether it was after dinner, it was in the fucking afternoon. And it just became so natural of when the puck's on your stick and you're 10 feet away, you're five feet away, it is instinct on just where the goalie will be and where the puck's going to go and angles. I think of a guy like Kucherov. I think of a guy like Panarin. I've seen their Instagram videos. It's like natural to these guys. Young kids out there, get the fucking net in your basement. Fucking put pucks in the walls. Yeah. You know, get your dad, get your parents pissed off at you because you're just wrecking shit. It works. And I think Kucherov is a prime example of a guy that, that you know, doesn't do too much in the gym, but is put himself in the right place. And uh, after reading articles on, on kind of his therapy coming back, has he been healthy for a while now? Is there a cap thing going on? Are they hiding fucking money? Because, <laughs> because these guys They're are fucking, fucking healthy. Somewhere. I mean, they got a $100 million fucking cap hit right now going into the playoffs, That's which not, is pretty intense. Yeah, I mean, long-term IR, $17 million bucks this year, the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think there's some, a couple red flags going off. Someone throw the flag. There's something going on there. Gord. I just say get rid this, of salary I, I wanted to highlight this also that I read. Is, the, is this Gord who's probably, you know, he's a big, re, a big pickup last year for Tampa. Yeah. And good PKer. He spent numerous time. You, you think about, like, COVID and, and not being able to practice with your team. How hard is it for Kucherov to come back and be that good in game one? A lot of people had wrote him off. I read an article too, the hockey writer saying he's not going to be, he's not going to do anything when he comes back. It's going to yeah. take him good call five boys. five games. Well, yeah, good call. Good once he once writers. he fucking licked his chops, he started blowing bubbles with the bubble gum like Pavel Bure used to <laughs> when I used to play him. It was it was turn the lights out. So Gord spends numerous time with him after practice, being a PK guy and coming down the wall, putting pressure on him, putting putting him in tough spots, putting him in the spots he hasn't been in, and you know, in twelve months since last year's playoffs, things like that help out guys for and, sure. And whether you know the coach wants him to do it or Gord just knows, hey, this is going to make Kucherov the best you know player possible, you know, at my expense of staying out extra in practice. I just think it's I think it's a good thing, and and people should learn from that type of stuff. Absolutely, and and for me, when the game first started. I thought five on five, he looked a little bit, I thought he looked a little bit rusty, to be honest with you. And then he had a breakaway pass that he fumbled fucked. And I was like, all right, here he's, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he is going to be rusty. And then they take, Florida takes a couple penalties. 
and he fucking throws a back uh, cross the box sauce to Stammer the hammer and Stammer misses, which he'll never miss that again the rest of the playoffs. They work it back around, Stammer up to Hedman, over to Kucherov, and he does that little slide shot, top shot, um, short side top titty, and I'm like, look out. And then you could just see them up. you like, those skilled guys. Yeah. Like, you were a skilled guy in junior and in the NHL to start your career. Like, when you get your touches and get going, like, yeah. I remember starting playoff games being like, boys, let's try... <laughs> I was one to talk because I was always taking the fucking penalties, but stay out of the box. Don't let Kane and Sharp and Taves get their touches kind of thing because when they do, it rolls right into their fucking five-on-five play, and I think that's what happened. Once Kucherov got his feels and touches, he was back. So it was was unbelievable to watch for me. I mean, I knew he was going to be good, but I didn't think he'd have that big of an impact right away. So up dog, we're going to... Before we bring our boy Hazy in, we're going to jump into the West Division and the North Division. Um, let's start in the West. Let's start with Vegas and Mini. Um, Flurry plays unbelievable in Game 1. We tried to check who's starting in Game 2. It's still not confirmed. Um, you know, what are your thoughts? Mini had their number throughout the regular season, and Vegas, in my opinion, came out of the gates hot, and then Mini took over and had better scoring chances. Are you concerned about Vegas, their lack of scoring? What about in net? What are you thinking? Yeah, I think they need to keep it more... Simple works in the playoffs. Shooting the puck, not being fucking fancy. Um, let's just touch on Flurry though, first off. Yeah. Uh, first overall pick in 2003. I remember that draft, actually. It was in Nashville. Yeah. Me and Toots got flown in there to be part of like the Nashville kind of ambassador, like hang out with the fans, and we got super pinned. And we're, we're at the roof <laughs> I believe with it. all like the staff. And it was just like, they're like, guys, we need you here. Like not in the bars. We need you to. <laughs> anyway, Flurry gets drafted first overall. We're the cooler on tin roof. <laughs> first overall in 2003. And what he's done in his career, three cups, 15 years straight in Stanley Cup playoff play. Crazy. is insane. That so is broke a record crazy. for goaltending. Congrats to, to Flower on that. But he made unbelievable saves. I'm talking cross crease glove being in the right spot. He he had been doing that since junior, and it's still part of his mo. His like flashy, keep the puck out of his net no matter what. Um, Ta- uh, Tampa, Vegas needs to feed off that. They need to find a way to score goals. And for me, it's a power play thing. I don't like the way their power play set up. I don't like William Carlson on his on his off wing. He doesn't shoot the puck like Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, Stone can feed anyone from the offside wing, and I think all the plays kind of come through that right side. But you have a guy like Marsha Schott. He should be on his, he should be on his one timer, um, and he should be shooting pucks every time there's a chance to shoot a puck. Shoot it. Get guys in front of the net. You got Tuck. Tuck's an incredible big player. Get him in front of the net. Tuck Fox. Tuck. Fox. Yeah, he got to get him going. He's a sick player. I know. So and then he wants to play. He's a gamer. He's a guy that wants to be out on the ice. Coaches need to see that. Uh, when you can't score goals, you need to shuffle, throw the boys in the blender and the Vitamix and get them fucking buzzing. <laughs> but it starts with it starts with your power play. Mm-hmm. Petro, you're there. If you're on the power play, you are Theodore. You guys are both. You can walk the line, get the pucks through. Break someone's hand with a slapper. Break their foot. Fuck it. Shoot the puck. I agree. And that's a great point on you on their PP setup. I never noticed that. I'm going to keep an eye on that now. Um you're not the only guy that said that. I think for Stieg, he said something about the same thing with their PP setup. So good observation, Updog. For me, the save Flurry made on, I call him KK97, Kirill Kaprizov. That save where he pushed from here over and made that save was unbelievable. 
Now listen, they won the Jennings Award with Fleury and Leonard. And at the start of the year, they had so much money wrapped up in between the pipes. Leonard got hurt. It looked like... But now it's like, you know, we'll see what happens. They have to go back to Leonard. I'm just old school that if you got a guy, you ride him unless things go bad. I don't know how they don't go back to Fleury tonight. Um, We'll see what happens in the pipes. And for Petro, listen... This guy's a world-class defenseman, but he has to be better, right? He didn't have a great regular season. We'll give him benefit of the doubt. COVID, going to a new team. Injury, he's, yep. Fuck, he's got four kids, doesn't he, or something? Yep. But now, buddy, this is your time. Fuck, it cost him game one. That soft play out that's on your forehand as a defenseman, you're fucking out of the zone. So he's got to be better. And Mini, man, listen, they're believing. I had Jared Spurgeon on the power play with Cooley. They got a good thing going there. I mean, Felino, Greenway. These guys are old school big guys. So I, I think Vegas wins tonight, Uppy, but we got plans to go to Vegas. So come on, boys. Hey, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. DraftKings. Come on. Going to come Vegas. on. We're going to Vegas, baby. So we and need Vegas we to win. We want to win some money. Um, the other uh, another playoff matchup, Updog. My old Colorado Avalanche versus your old St. Louis Blues. Game one last night. Give me your thoughts. <laughs> you go first because this game. Scary. Fuck me, where they going? But yeah, that's, we're, we're, that's, that's all. Maybe talk say. about Bennington. I, talk about Bennington's performance, and just talk about him because he was unbelievable. Forty over. Oh, they had over fifty shots. I believe he had forty-eight, seven saves, something like that. Yeah, good on him. And some of the saves in like, late in the game to keep it close. Um, I love the intensity, but man, I guess when I look at that series right now, I see, I see the McKinnon. Landis Cog, Ratten in line, being a line that you need to just allow them to score one or two goals a night. If they get three or four, you're done. Yeah. Just keep them to one goal. Now, your rest of your lineup, the the Bozaks, the Sammy Blaze, Thomas, Barbershev, Thomas, Sammy or Sanford. These guys that have all been part of that playoff run and that Stanley Cup final, they need to be positive players every night. They need yeah. to they need to beat their other guys that they play against on the score sheet. And they need to play hard. They need to be intimidating. And those guys can be the difference in this in this series. It's not gonna be for me, it's not the O'Reilly factor. It's not the Shen. It's not uh Schwartzy. Those guys need to play the top dogs hard. And just keep them to one or two goals. And then these other guys got to be the ones that kind of lead the charge. This is more than ever a time for them to showcase the fact that they got a deep lineup and that they can have some guys outplay the you know the other team. Yeah. If that doesn't happen, man, is it going to be a fast and quick series, unfortunately. And Binner, I don't care how good Binner plays, he can't save those. Uh, what was going on last night? Shift after shift after shift. He played good, but it's you can't you know you can't rely on your goalie fifty saves a night. He was unbelievable. I thought when they made it one one heading into the at the end of the second, I went, oh here we go. I had the Avs right minus whatever three forty something ridiculous, and I just thought Bennington's going to steal this one. I thought O'Reilly was going to go out and score in the third, and it was going to be a greasy Blues fucking playoff win like they've done a million times. It didn't work out that way. I will say this from the Blues perspective, Shen. And basically the whole team, they were being physical. They got to continue to be physical. Yeah, Hopefully yeah, that, that's that, the only that, way they know how to yeah, play. That, that, that will pay off over the course of a seven-game series. From the Avs perspective, what Landis Cog did, man, to get a Gordie Howe hat trick, Shen goes out there and fucking runs uh, Rantanen, which I have no problem with. No. That's fucking playoff hockey. Do it all. I would do the same thing. Then he goes and fights Landis Cog. Good on both of those guys. Good on Landy. 
when that top line for the abs gets on the ice the pace of play changes <laughs> like it's like when mcdavid gets on the ice it just it, it goes from the national league to whatever the fuck you want to call it and like you said you got to slow them down and my biggest concern for the blues is the abs forecheck these forwards they have to somehow uppy i know it's not the days of you know when we played where you could pick for me and i could go back and get the biscuit but they have to stop this forecheck or slow it down because the abs they just continue to come and get them in the spin cycle and the Blues D is big and, and veteran presence, but they're not the, the fastest guys back there, so they need some help. I think if they can contain the forecheck of the Avs, it may help them. But, I mean, McKinnon, that empty netter, I thought he was going to put the fucking thing right through the net. Like, he was like a skills, like flying down. It and was just, a hard snapper. It was it probably was, 95 mile an hour snapper. Like, I was like, wow. So, it's only one game, but it was, it was, it was interesting to watch, and uh, we're lucky to be out here in the West to really enjoy it. And then... Um, the North Division up, he hasn't started yet because of COVID reasons, and they're to finish off a couple of games. The poor Canucks and Flames boys, hang in there. You're almost done. Um, How drunk are you guys up there playing those games? I want to know that. Well, fuck, they can't even go out for dinner, can they? Or well, they're getting drunk at uh, home? Or yeah, what? they're getting drunk at home. <laughs> yeah, they're getting drunk at home, aren't they? I mean, I they've already be. planned their trips. Are I they allowed be. to leave the goddamn country? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know. So but they're already they're out. I, I can't see one guy saying I'm sticking around Vancouver. When this is over, or I'm sticking around Calgary. No, and Vancouver's getting nice this time of year. They are out. I used to have a good time right now. They're loading up the bird and going right to Cabo. As they should. They deserve it. But first of all, if you're up there, if you're Matthews and these guys, Marner, McDavid, and you're watching the Sunshine State Fuck Fest, and you're like, I got to play game one with no fans. I know there's nothing we can do about it, Uppy, but I'm going to complain about it again. I don't care. I feel sorry for these guys that they're going to be playing game one in empty buildings, and they're going to play two rounds with no fans. Yeah. It just sucks. Canada, sort out your shit. And then when whoever wins the North, they're going to come down here and they're going to at least be able to play one round with some fans. And I know these people from Canada, I'm telling you, my buddies, my Leaf buddies, my guys I grew up with, if the Leafs win the North and head to Buffalo, they're crossing that border and oh, they're yeah. going to the game. They don't give a fuck. Refugees, they're yeah, coming. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> coming. They'll worry about quarantine when they get back. They'll walk right back over. So, Uppy, what do you think the Leafs and Habs, Jack Campbell starting game one, Carey Price played a conditioning stint half the game he looks like he will start game one um real quick my perspective anderson and gallagher i love this anderson this guy fucks he said we embrace the underdog role we love it we wanted to play these guys this is who we want anderson said i can't wait to be physical and grind people down and play a series against this skilled team do the habs have a chance what are your feel on this division on this matchup i think he touches a good point uh they need to be complete pricks against the Marners, the Matthews, the everyone and anyone, uh, Morgan Riley. You after every whistle, it is a little shot in the wrist. Yeah, it's a little shot in the back of the leg. It's a face wash. It's a wrestling match. It's I fucked your girlfriend. It's <laughs> it's everything. You need to get under these guys. <laughs> That, no, that Whether was a zinger. That was not. a zinger though when he did, wouldn't say that to somebody. Hey, buddy, I fucked your girlfriend. Like, especially playoff time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't know who I am. I'm nobody. <laughs> Ask your girlfriend who I am. <laughs> uh, listen, it's it's time that this is exciting. Yeah. 1979. I just tons, wish there was fucking fans in the building. Could yeah, I know, I know. God. Just put some holograms of the fans. Something. In there. Do something. I don't know. They're not gonna do it. But anyways, it's just yeah, it hasn't been since 1979. Yeah. So an exciting time for, for TV. You need yeah. to watch it on TV. We will be watching you know, it, but... There's nothing like live hockey, though. 
It's just like it, it's, it could it's be gotta amazing. be zinging. Whoever's listening to this up north, they're just oh, like. I mean, down. if you're a Leafs and Habs fan and you're getting this matchup and you can't go to the games, it's just. Um, who are you taking? Are you, are you taking the Leafs or Habs? Who are you picking? I think we already did this last week, but are you still sticking with? I, I got the, the Leafs. You got the right. Leafs. I believe it's, you took. The Leafs. I, I think we both did. The Leafs. I'm taking the Leafs, but I will say this up, dog. If this guy right here, Carey Price, if he comes he in there, carry and and he the boys. I'm telling you, and I will say this about the Leafs: you will see Freddie Anderson in this series. 100. percent Jack Campbell, I love you. you. You, the boys, you can tell the boys love you, but you will see Freddie Anderson. So, I can't wait for it to start. And the other division, uh, the other matchup, up dog is the Oilers against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Listen, the Jets didn't make a move at the deadline. They brought in Ben, who's a good veteran defenseman. I'm not taking anything away from him, but they didn't make a move. They stumbled down the stretch. We obviously know what McDavid and Drysdale did. What do you when you look at this series? What are your thoughts? For me, it's if I'm Winnipeg, it's the depth of our team up the middle, back end, the goaltending. McDavid's going to do his thing, but let's just try to be a deeper, more complete hockey club. Yeah, hail the Halibuck. Yeah. They need this guy to play out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you, th- when, opposite to that, they need to get under Edmonton's goal tenor. Yeah, Smitty. They need to get in his face. Smitty has a hot temper. Yeah. God uh, I remember him. one time I came in on Calgary and I came in and like whacked his glove after the whistle. Said, fuck you up, Sean. <laughs> I went, whoa, 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 chill out, bro. You were at my, uh, fuck, you had a party at my house and literally like, yeah, I can't really say exactly what he did, but I'm like, and they got it on camera, bro. And I like, yeah, so I could, I could whack your hand. I could whack you in the hand. It yeah. fucking cost me a fine. They almost evicted me out of my own house. There um, goes my security deposit, Smitty. Fuck. Yeah. Right? So, you know, what Winnipeg has to do is they need their centermen to play strong, both ends of the ice, win face-offs and... Like the Blues, they just got to keep these guys contained. They're yeah. not going to be able to control them. They just need to contain them. They can't let them go off every night for three or four points. Then it's it's turn out the lights and it's it's over in five max. Yeah. But if they play hard and they have you know c- you know contributions from all down their lineup, which needs to happen. I don't know if they have the depth to do it. Um, you get in a shootout match against these guys, it's over, boys. It is, and and I agree with you with Smitty. Listen, I love Smitty. What he's done, I think he should be a Vezina finalist. And I always laugh when I watch the other Finnish kid because he took your number at training camp. 19, how do I say his name? Kostinen. Kostinen. He's been horrendous down the stretch. So as good as Smitty's been, if they can get to Smitty and... Who wears 19? I don't don't know, but when you text me that from training camp, you're like, oh, I can't wear 19. Some Finnish rookie goalie's got my number. I was like, that's (laughs) a fucking terrible bounce. Um, Get to Smitty. Get in his face, like you said. Yeah. He's, he's wiry. That, that could be their thing. He can snap. I'm going Oilers in six. Yeah, that's fair. I got him in five. Yeah. Okay. So uh, next, we will bring in our boy. We will open up the Parlay Cafe and bring in our boy Broadway Jimmy Scoops to talk East Division. We'll talk a little bit more Central. Top Titty, who we're betting. Broadway Jimmy Scoops. Join the boys. Welcome back to Missing Curfew, boys, listeners. The Parlay Cafe is open for business, up dog. Our boy coming to us from the East Coast, Broadway, Jimmy Scoops. Hey, get your scoops. Scoopsy. Hey, boys. Hey, business is booming in the Parlay Cafe, and we will break it down a little bit later on here. But, boys, it's great to see you guys. You guys um, look like you guys had a good time in your golf tournament. I saw up dog, unfortunately, look like you missed a putt for the win there, bud. 
Well, I did put it out on our Instagram, like my girl did, especially. She said for the tie, and uh, then like the next photo was Isabel just bawling her eyes out, <laughs> which is funny. But it wasn't really for the tie. We needed to drain the like fifty foot eagle putt. Obse, we were put in a tough spot. And yeah. uh, my my comebacker, which was like you know six seven feet, I should have made it. Fuck, just just for shit. It was over anyway. But it was it was. You would have won us a little more cash, but it was over. We were done. I had to make the fucking forty footer for eagle, but we won our flight Broadway. Um, the weather's turning there on the east coast. I saw you out there. You did a great little commercial for DraftKings, which was hilarious. Um, <laughs> the weather's turning. Let's talk about this East Division, Broadway. We'll start with your Boston Bruins and Washington Capitals. Give us a little breakdown on what's going on out there. Boys, that Boston, Washington, uh, the, did you just hear that? Boston, the Boston, Washington. <laughs> the the Boston, Washington uh, series. The biggest concern I got right now in this series is why are the refs every single scrum calling four on four penalties? Like it's, it's almost annoying. It should be five on five hockey. It's the playoffs. These guys obviously hate each other. They've been playing each other all season, but I'm just getting a little annoyed with all these foolish four on four matching penalties. Especially Jimmy, especially guys like us. Cause we get fucking put right on the pine. At least five on five, we get the chance to go out there and, and mix it. Well, that was the thing about the four on four. A lot of guys were missing their ice time, but Hazy, we yeah. just talked about earlier. Um, I, I liked, I didn't, I guess not, not like the four on four. I just liked that. It wasn't, he was making it even Steven in the Tampa, Panthers game so I see what you're saying with the 4-on-4 four four, though because it, it fucks up the flow and guys like us we miss our opportunities and miss our shifts yeah exactly and, and when they do the match and penalties because I know my boy Brad Marchand he's in every single one of these scrums but I need Marcy to to cool it down here because I know other than me watching because I'm selfishly I just want to watch him play all night but I can just picture Don Sweeney and Cam Neely up in that press box losing their mind when he's taking those extra penalties. I think it's still it's still so early to I think it's Marchance, it's his MO man. He gets like this rat fucking he I'm gonna it. Yeah, I, I love it. I'm gonna bury a couple on you, I'm gonna be this idiot. And then as the series goes on, whether the you know they're up or down, he manages to really like evolve and play within the whistles, play within his strengths, and just you know, walk that fine line. But what what we saw in in you know in game one and two is the rat, and it's I love it. I mean, you bring up Marshawn. So before we get your thoughts on the game one, Hazy, there was a clip of him game two with him and Mantha, and he's putting his stick in Mantha's fucking face, <laughs> yes. and the fucking ref calls it four on four. Like that's, and I love Marshawn, but in my opinion, that's when you say, "Hey, dum dum, you're getting the only one here." Yeah. I mean, it just he sucked Mantha. And Mantha didn't even do anything. But like you said, Updog, that's his that's his ability to fucking be a rat, and he loves it. But Broadway, game one went to the Caps. What was your thoughts on that game? They've both been close, obviously, but what were your thoughts on game one? Uh, game one, it was, uh, as a Bruins guy, I was hammering the Bruins in that game. And you know what? The big dogs didn't really show up for that game. So that's when I was kind of like sitting there being like, oh, shit, are the Bruins in one here? But I was talking to Dale Arnold yesterday. He does uh, Nesson. I was at a golf tournament with them. And we both agreed that when you hold the big dogs like Pasenak, Marshan, Hall, and Krejci all off the score sheet, that's not going to happen often. And then they bounce right back in game two. And that's the Bruins team I think we're going to see moving forward. When those guys are going, they I think all four of them or five of them had uh, multi-point games. And that's just going to play big time in the Bruins' favor. What did you think about, and, and you mentioned that, the second line for the Bruins in that game one, they were minus two. I mean, I think that second line is 
maybe more important than the first line Broadway. Like to, for them to get, they got back on track at game two, which we'll talk about, but that second line of Hall, Krejci and Smith, could it be more important than the perfection line? That that line is going to be their motor, this whole playoff, because you're going to get your points from the, the top line there. And if those guys can produce like they did last night, that's going to be the key for the Bruins to continue to win and be able to move on in the series. Because Taylor Hall, he was he was unbelievable last night. That uh, tying goal was that was all individual effort by him. He went flying down the wall, comes and then goes right to the hard areas in net and bangs home a rebound, ties the game, and then Bruins take care of it in overtime. He really shoved it, didn't he? Scoopsy, right I had, I had his, I had the outline of his face on my milk carton. It was sketched. <laughs> it was he sketched. Coming. He was dashed two in game one. He played, he played better in game two, but he still hadn't got on the score sheet. They were about to lose the game, and he scores with three minutes left. And I had to get the eraser out and take him off my milk carton because the Bruins. Let me ask you about game two. You want to say something? Real I quick? do. So I was going to yeah. say game one while we're on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Did you guys see the shift that fucking old Krejci had there? No, was it? When he got ran by Ovechkin. Oh well, fuck. He gets he comes up the wall on the half wall and gets just manhandled by Dylan. <laughs> Dylan just manhandles him, throws him on the ice, grabs the puck, goes down on a two on one, and Dylan, of course, Dylan, you're a D man. You can't really stick handle the puck. It look, I'm sure it looks like it's square to you. Shoot the fucking puck. He's trying to dish one back door. And then, so, of course, it comes on to Krejci's stick in the corner, and here comes Alexander the Great, and he ran him as hard as I've seen a guy get hit in a long, long time. He barreled over Krejci. Like, two times in 16 seconds, he got just worked. I was like, God, that's it's playoff hockey. What, that's, what, do you think, what do you think Ovi's weighing right now? What do you think he's playing at? 245 more 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 it could be yeah. more he could be more. more who do we got on the inside that we can hit like i don't know but he that basically i, I, might, be, hit I might be able to find this out for yeah us. let's see if we could get the the a picture of like the weigh-in shit because yeah. they're still doing the weigh-ins it's yeah. right next to probably the COVID testing because getting hit by him right now would fucking oh. feel great probably. yeah um what did you think on game one obviously anderson comes in i know you want to touch on kelly rudy's comments but Hazy, what do you think about Anderson coming in, the old veteran, and kicking in game one? When I saw Anderson coming in, I had the biggest smile on my face, though, because I was, like I said earlier, I was hammering the Bruins, and I was like, there's no way this Josh Anderson, this veteran, is going to be able to steal a game. And he he shut me up real quick. You know, I think that's going to be another question mark for Washington moving forward. Is is Anderson going to be able to handle this load? Like, I, I don't know if he's capable of doing it. Up dog, you want to talk about Kelly Rudy chirping the starting goalie about not- shut up, Kelly. Hey, Kelly, your button yeah. popped off your fucking suit yeah. this year. You shouldn't be fucking lose a couple. That was nuts. Hey, how was stick like, to the like fucking chicken wings and popcorn <laughs> up in the fucking press box. You can't. Are you nuts? Is he he played the game. Yeah, is he nuts? You pull a groin. You're you not got a pro. stretch. You said you're not a pro. <laughs> I actually, it's great because Kelly, uh, because fucking our boy. Um, well, Juice, Kevin yeah, is on the screen with him. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's the quadruple screen. So I'm looking Four at boxes. Yeah, and and at the time I'm looking at fucking Juice's face, and I know he's like in his head going, "Is he really saying this shit? How do you say that to a professional goalie in Game One of the Stanley Cup Finals that you're not ready to play because you're not stretching enough? 
did, what, did you watch him stretch before the game? It was you're, outrageous comment. You're you're a fucking half decent goalie at best. He was. <laughs> it had nothing to do with stretching either. That was just like a full on hyper extension. It was it was almost crazy. I thought he did his Kelly knee. Rudy. I did a little research. Save percentage is eight ninety three in his career. That's three not going to get you a three point four three goals against. He's a five games above 500 in his career, and he's there chirping. Hey, the, the only thing I think about, Kel, first of all, I used to see Kelly when I was in Calgary, and he's, he doesn't mind the cold one, which I not, don't mind. Kelly. There's nothing wrong with that. But I just remember when I think up. of Kelly Rudy, I think of Don Sherry in Rock'em Sock'em when he had the blue shirt. Oh, yeah. He's like, look at Kelly, the blue Siobhan hanging out of a bucket. <laughs> it ties in real nice with the LA colors. <laughs> <laughs> But Kelly, come on, man. This guy pulled his groin. You can't chirp him about not being a pro ops. I don't know what he has against the guy, or I don't know. Maybe he knows something we don't. Maybe the guy's just an absolute booze hound or something. So then Broadway, game two, your Bruins are in trouble, and then Taylor Hall. Let me ask you about Taylor Hall, first of all. You guys know I have a hard on for him, but before the playoffs started, they were like, is Taylor Hall going to get an extension to Boston? You know, Because he did play well since the trade deadline. But until he scored that goal, Hazy, what was your overall impressions in his game, his playoff game, the first two nights before he scored in the late in the third? I, see, like the Taylor Hall, like I, I'm, I'm a fan of Taylor Hall just because he's just adding so much depth to that team. And I think the first, the first game, I just think the Bruins just weren't that good. I, I think all the guys, you can't just put on Taylor Hall, but I think Taylor Hall adds a whole new dynamic to the Boston Bruins, and it's the biggest thing, like. Uh, it's the depth that he adds. He makes now they have a legitimate top six, and it takes the pressure off of guys like Charlie Coyle and Jake DeBrusque. And those two guys had unbelievable games in game two. Like Coyle's a guy that I told you at the beginning of the playoffs. Well, you might not, he might go a little bit unseen during the regular season, but he's there in the playoffs. He's a big body. He goes to the net hard. He had unbelievable patience. And then DeBrusque, DeBrusque is playing unbelievable right now. He's got two goals in two games. I think he's starting to get the I mean, going back to regular season, I think it's like four or five points in his last five games. So those that's the biggest uh, deciding factor that I think the Bruins are going to have the edge on is that their depth is so much deeper than the, the Capitals. Well, if Knutsov will ever come off protocol, uh, COVID protocol, this guy's... What is on going COVID. on there? I don't know. Is he just fucking doing dust in the fucking locker room? Or what? <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy, they could use him back. Um, what did you think about the Tom Wilson hit in game two where he came from... I mean, I love Tom Wilson's game, but that he came from basically the far corner. Came from the White House. Yeah, he came came from Pennsylvania Ave in the old bumpers, old office. It came across and fucking I don't know who he hit. Who was it? Uh, It doesn't matter. What'd you think of that hit, Hazy? um, I I, I'm I'm usually the guy that's going against you guys with Tom Wilson, but I think Tom (laughs) Wilson has been a beast, and he he know he's playing the game hard and. I don't. I think you guys are you guys following uh, Sean Avery on Instagram because he gives unbelievable breakdowns of of certain plays during games. And I think he had something the other day. He didn't have the Tom Wilson one, but it was breaking down clean, dirty hits. If that makes any sense. And I think Tom Wilson is playing within the rules, and he's just playing hard. It's playoff hockey, and I think he's going to be another guy that if he can keep playing the way he hit, they're going to keep um, Washington in the series. So it's safe to say this 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 has got seven games kind of feel doesn't it Broadway this one's uh, I think this one's going the distance fella yeah I'd I'd be shocked if this one does not go the distance and then, like you said we might have to start betting the draws because I think this Boston uh, Washington series is going to have a lot of overtime all right Islanders pit what'd you think obviously the Islanders go in there and still game one you got somebody that you want to throw in your milk cart from this series which I fucking love uh the Islanders pit series that was uh, a surprise to me but 
Lou Lamorello is looking like a genius again with uh, Kyle Palmieri edition. He's gone. There was somebody I read on Twitter the other day. There was a story about how that uh, Pajot, he got traded at the deadline last year, didn't really do much. And then he shined in the playoffs. And Palmieri with the two goals in that first game, overtime winner. But the guy that I want to throw on the milk carton, if this could be a long series for Tristan Jari if he cannot figure out that glove hand. So his glove hand is on the milk carton right now, boys. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's he's in there to be to do what, you know, Pitt Pitchers always had good goaltending. And it's up to him. You cannot let, you know, you got the fucking big boys, Crosby and Carter and these boys relying on you to keep them in games. And what those those three goals he let in last round, you know, whether it's the D not putting a fucking stick on a puck coming in one on one, you cannot let a guy shoot through a, a D man and score from the hash marks three times. You can't let pucks go yeah, like through you. Through you. you can't yeah. go seven hole, can't go five hole. Paul Mary, I'm glad you brought him up, Scoopsy. I mean, that short side top titty shot to win that. I mean, sometimes you got to tip your hat on that. The he Islanders, could use the manscaped. Yeah, yeah. He could definitely use it. He's got, <laughs> yeah. the, he's got the fucking from his head to his beard to his ears all the way down his neck, right down to his toes, I bet. He could maybe trim him up. He could use the fucking weed whacker. Oh, he? he could use the weed whacker. He's a hairy motherfucker. For me, when it comes to Pitt, I think... I mean, obviously, Hazy, what you said about Jari, but I think they need 71 milk in here. Like, I'm, I, I was looking this morning because we're recording on Tuesday, game twos tonight. Malkin, they're still not sure. I'm taking Pitt either way tonight. I'm taking them. But I think to win the series, Scoop say they need 71 healthy down the middle. Yeah. I mean, without 71, that's, it, it's just, it just takes away so much. He's such a threat and he plays big minutes. Now you have somebody else step up that hasn't done it all year. And you're going to take over Evgeny Malkin's spot. I mean, fuck, that's unheard of. No one, there's no other Evgeny Malkin in Pittsburgh's lineup. So they, they need him back ASAP. And when you think Islanders like Barzell, what'd you think of Barzell's game one? I didn't think it was great. Like that kid needs to get going. If they I mean, want to, I like, mean, he is playing with Kamarov right now. How <laughs> Leo Kamarov's yeah. on the first yeah, line is pretty crazy. He was healthy scratch down the stretch too, wasn't he, Barzell? Yeah, Trotsky sat him one night for sure. That Pajol, that kid, fuck, he he loves he's playoff a, hockey. Yeah, he's Say a what game. you want, Fox. Yeah, he's, he's like a little Brandon Gallagher, right? Like he's that pesky little right-handed, fucking in your face. You know, always around there, always around the puck. You love to play with a guy like that too. That just is like that arrogant little fucker, like a David Perron. You know, yep. he's just yeah. always in the right spots and always just fucking shit up. And that's exactly why he's got that big contract because he performs in the playoffs. He's, I mean, in the last couple of years here, he's made himself a household name when it comes to playoff hockey. I, I love that kid's game. He plays with a lot of jam. And he goes to those hard areas up, dog, just like you did. He loves it. Who are you taking in game two, Hazy? It's tonight, Tuesday. Who are you taking? I'm taking Pitt. I, Who are you taking? Yeah, I'm taking Pittsburgh. But I need to start uh, adjusting my bets here because I keep looking at myself, and I'm taking a lot of favorites. And that first day, I think uh, three of the favorites lost. So All the road teams. I did not have a good day. I'm going to ask you a little question about the puck line here in a bit. Central division, blender division. It should be called the fucking fun division, the National League division. There's fans, there's people fucking drinking. <laughs> it's unbelievable. First of all, Broadway, what'd you think of me and Uppy touched on it? The Tampa, Florida game. I said, and Uppy agreed with me, it's the best game that I've watched since 2019. Uh, the Blues and Bruins. I mean, it was unbelievable. I, it felt normal, Broadway. I couldn't take my eyes off the TV. Oh, it's like I've sit there. I watch Bruins games kind of wire to wire, and the other games I kind of tune in back and forth. That puck dropped in that Tampa Florida game, and I was glued to it. And that that 
that series, those teams fucking hate each other. Like that, that is going to be a long, hard series. I want to know how they're going to be able to move on to round two because these guys are going to f- kill each other in this in this seven games. And then obviously with the Sam Bennett suspension, what you what were your thoughts on that? I mean, there were so many hits that were borderline, which I loved. But did you think it was the right call with the one gamer? Or I thought maybe five in a game in the first game, and then it would have been done with. What were your thoughts on that? I, I've watched it a bunch, and, and I've seen people break it down, and I kind of tried not to mess around with my thoughts on it all. At first, I just thought it should have been five in a game. He definitely should have been tossed. And, I mean, maybe you can slap on a fine. I don't know how they do the fines in the playoff hockey. But, I mean, that hit was pretty fucking malicious. But it goes both ways. Like, McDonough had a big hit. Stamkos had a big hit. So, if you're going to start – suspending guys especially a guy like Bennett who's playing really well for the Florida Panthers I mean you're putting that at a big time disadvantage taking him out of the lineup yeah exactly it's it's it'll be interesting to see how game two goes they're going with Drager um Carolina Nashville they said there was 12,000 people in that barn in Carolina Broadway I'm taking the over on that oh, in the parlay over. cafe there that barn looks sold out Princey had an awesome video he posted to the Mission Curfew account, and that place looked like it was rocking. It made me want to go to Carolina. There's not much going on in Carolina, but I wanted to go to that game bad. Yeah, I mean, that place was fucking going. And, like, that rink always has good atmosphere, like me and Uppie were saying, but that was a place, I mean, I was impressed with it. The towels were humming. When they came out, it was, what would you think of the game? I thought Preds hung tough, but then Carolina, Jordan Stahl was doing some fucking... See, I think the Preds kind of gave everybody a false hope. I thought they hung tough, but I honestly don't think they have a chance in this series. Like, I mean, they hung around the first period, and, and then it was 2-2 at the end of two, but Nashville had five shots on net in that second period. Carolina, I think, almost outshot them 2-1. to one. I just think Nashville needs to dial in their D zone in those hard areas because they're giving up big-time goals from blow the goal line just puck watching. And it's crazy to me because I played for John Hines and John Hines is huge on defending those hard areas. So I can only imagine, I mean, no, it's playoffs, but their practice probably sucks. He might be doing picket fence in the playoffs. <laughs> What's picket fence? Picket fence is when all the guys line up in a row and you go one-on-one in front of the net and you just take sticks. It's the basically calling out your defenseman that in your centerman that you better start defending down low. Or oh, was- this is going to be a sweep. I thought Carolina completely outplayed him. You can't be doing that come playoff time, can you? Even if you did, you get blown out in game I one. I saw the Oilers doing it in practice the other day, actually. I follow well, my boy Jason Greger had it on wow. uh, from practice. One-on-ones and then back-checking all the way hard. No. Oh, yeah. So oh, one-on-one in front of the net and then brutal. boom, whistle, and you chase that D-man down the whole length of the ice. That's her, that's a drill you do in fucking October. I think it's to just say to Edmonton, you want to battle in, in the Ozone, you better get back and battle yeah. it back there. Listen, Dave they, Tippett knows what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. I had that Kenny Holland on, by the way. He's a fucking sharp guy, right? He is. Fuck, yeah. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, our segment here brought to you by Good Life. It's called The Fine Fun Broadway, and we're going to... Me and Uppy, with your top titty, the top titty league presented by DraftKings... The Updog has gone two days, two weeks, I apologize, two weeks without it. And I missed last week because of Friday golf with the Updog. So we're in the fine fund. How much are you going to find us? And Uppy, two weeks in a row. I what, know. What? I reserved my spot. Yeah. And then Uppie, I just at least got Uppie's name was on the sheet. <laughs> yeah. Oops, you were nowhere to be found, oh, bud. I, I listen, paid my three bucks. There was only, <laughs> I didn't pay. <laughs> there was only one. Uh, listen, <laughs> if we're going to do a kangaroo court here, my defense 
is and kangaroo courts are the best. Remember, you always get like the Russian guy that couldn't speak English to be the guy's attorney. Yeah. <laughs> there was only one game in the top titty league that I missed. So yeah. listen, ah, okay. I'm fucking a primetime player, but I'm not fucking showing up for one tilt for a top titty league. That's my excuse. When really what happened, uh, Broadway, I was drunk on the golf course. Because I, <laughs> I got high. Because well, I got high. Well, I think the only, th the only fine I could come up with you guys, now that I'm back on the sauce, I, I'm as a GM of the top titty, I'll yeah. invite you back into this week, and you guys might you guys might have to beat me this week. Or I might be collecting another bottle of wine from the two of you. Hey, uh, fuck. You, you had a big week. Hazy, you did have a big week, though. You had a big week on the top titty. Yeah, I got I got another uh, uh, another payout. Top, uh, top 33 payout. <laughs> I'm starting uh, to collect what? money. I kind of love this DraftKings. It's, I'm making money here, boys. It might be starting to pay bills. By the way, I Mark, mean, these DraftKings guys are unbelievable. It's everywhere. I know. We're playing it's against fucking them. everywhere. Brento. Brento, my boy. Oh, boys, he... He had a great week too. He was a top ten, you brother. That well, was he was leading. He was leading for a while. I got that was getting the updates, and then as he was sending them, I'm like, shit, I missed again. Fine, fine day. Talk about a beauty alert! Look at the guy who won this thing. Top shelf. What is it? Top shelf. Top ripping. shelf ripping darts. He was, <laughs> he was the winner this week, and he had a hundred and two point nine points. But like the the crazy thing with this week in the top titty, because it was kind of like the ultimate uh, one on one with the one game going. He he was a genius by putting Connor Hellebeck as his captain. So every every team in the top city this week that was in the top five had Connor Hellebeck as their as their captain. And as a captain, you got one and a half extra points. So he went off for uh, I think it was thirty four point two points. But whereas a guy that got sixth had him as a flex, and he only got twenty two points. So all those guys in the top five. They must have knew something I didn't. I didn't. I went no goaltender this week, boys. Well, there's some fucking inside scoops. Yeah, See, I love it. So I didn't even know you could fucking name your captain. Well, no, they made that. That rule was just this week. Yeah, they okay. made the rule this week. But Hazy, explain the flex to the boys. Yeah, the flex was so that that's just kind of your this utility week, guy. Uh, well, this week that's it's usually the utility guy, but this week you had one captain and it was I believe five or six flexes. So it was only six total players, whereas you have the nine. But like the big thing in uh, the guys that win is the guys that cost the, the least amount of money that end up giving up points. Because I try to put Austin Matthews as my captain, thinking I'm going to get an extra one and a half points, and he laid an absolute egg. Yeah, he had to have been checked out for this game, knowing that there's that was like uh, their last game of the season for them. He was, I took the Jets to win that game. Woo! Hey, uh, Hazy, is there any advantage to like starting a goalie that's not going to play? Like, because you don't risk getting scored on, or do you have to start someone like Hellebach that's going to put up some numbers for you? I think when with like a normal <laughs> week, like this weekend, you can uh, top ten, you'd yeah. be starting a goalie every time because even if they they got to get lit up for you to lose points, so you can you could even collect like four or five points versus zero. So I'd always put a, the starting goalie in. So so sorry, but the way you asked that question said like, can you pick a goalie that's not going to play so, so he doesn't just, have any goals against? Yeah, like so. Yeah, I you just get a I zero. You get a zero. But you can't. You can't. Can you get negative points? You can get negative, but I think the way it happens. So my is like, question to you is, if I'm like up picking the field if, goal if, kicker, no, my question to you, listen, is if I'm up against the cap, uh, and I want to fucking stack my front three with McKinnon, Ratnan, and Landis Cog. Yeah. And I start fucking. Yeah, that's they true. don't. They don't. I don't think no, they make no, the, the goalies. No, the goalies cheap. are like you could get a goalie for like three grand. No, the goalies are expensive. Yeah, so yeah, you, the goalies. Are I get bit. what you're saying, Obes. It, it could be the right play, but 
then again, you're kind of factoring in, like you're taking zero points, whereas the guy that you might have put in could get you at 10 points. But it's like, like, an, it's like an where, NFL fantasy when you just take the team on their bye week as the defensive yeah. team so they don't have any, like... Well, I've lost fucking fantasy because of my defense giving up too many points. It's pricks. <laughs> pricks. Um, so where am I cutting corners in Hazy? On the back end, am I getting a fucking stay-at-homer that will just block biscuits and get me a couple pluses where if I'm trying to trim my squad to save me cash, like if I'm trying to fucking sign up show on a one year fucking PTO, where am I looking? Uh, the main thing that I look for is a guy like Perot, who's kind of playing like third, fourth line, but he plays on the second power play. So he might be able to cash in on the second power play and he costs you like two grand. So that guy right there is going to help your team, but he didn't really do much for me last week, but that's what you got to look at. When you're looking at your teams, you got to kind of look for those guys that are second power play that might get that 30 seconds, or maybe the coach is pissed at the top power play and they fucking put that second unit out and they cash in. That's where I think the most value is. Do face-offs matter come playoff time? Because these guys are taking a lot of face-offs. Do face-offs come into play? Because if so, you could get a guy like Nate Thompson, who's going to probably take every fucking D zone face-off here. Do they matter at all? Or should we look into that? No, the face-offs are not winning face-offs has nothing to do with it, but block shots and shots on goal are huge. So if you can find a guy who's sitting in that one-timer spot, like on a second power play, like I said, is that guy could help you a lot. Where's Greg Zana when you need him? So, <laughs> <laughs> so blocking biscuits is big. Wow. Okay, yeah. so PK guys, you could take a PK guy totally. and hope that he gets 10 fucking mm -hmm. shot blocks. Then you get like bonus points too in the top city. If they get over X amount of block shots, it's probably like five. You get a you get a. He's bonus heating standard. up like NBA Jam. <laughs> He's heating up. Oh, what a game! Right, Broadway. That's great insight for the fellows there, buddy. Thanks for helping me out. I had no fucking clue on the on the backup tendy thing. So this week's top titty, we got playoff hockey. Obviously, we got Washington against your former Boston Bruins, Carolina, Nashville, Winnipeg, Edmonton. And Colorado, St. Louis, fella. What a night of games. Oh, fuck, I'll be what taking those in drunk. Oh, that's going to be a lot of talent in those games. This is exciting, too, to finally get a couple more games to choose from. The one-on-one -on -one was tough for, for Broadway. Yeah, that was tough out of the gates. Who are you liking this, this Friday, fella? All right, so this Friday for Top Titty, if we're going to break it down uh, with the Caps, Boston, a guy like Charlie Coyle is a guy that I think is a great playoff performer. So he's a guy that I'll be looking to add in my team. And then the goalie from Carolina is like we were talking goalies for top city. He's the guy I'm going to be starting this week just because I don't think Nashville has much up front. I think the only bright spot for Nashville is uh, Ben Forsberg. So you're talking Nelkovich. You're that. talking Nelkovich for Carolina. Yeah, yeah, he's been unbelievable. Peter Mrazek's been on the bench, which was kind of surprising. But Me too. I was surprised about stretch. that. But uh, Jets versus Edmonton, I think Kyle Connor and uh, McDavid and Drysdale for Edmonton. I think that's a game we got to ride. One of those big dogs. Those guys have all been playing well, so they'll be looking to be at the top of my top titty roster. And then Avalanche and St. Louis. I'm riding my boy Makar. I ride him every week in this league, and he performs. And a guy that they can get at low value or low cost or high value is uh, Brandon Saad. He's a guy that's played in the playoffs a lot his whole career, Stanley Cup champion. I think he's a guy that could be a big-time playoff performer. Saad played unbelievable. He got a lot of he looks. Played, he played great in game one. Yep. He could have had a couple. Mm -hmm. So that's a good little inside scoop there, Broadway. How about a guy like uh, Chris Russell for Edmonton talking about blocking shots? That guy. Made a living out of it. He's still fucking making He's still doing it. That might be a good little 
Sleeper does he get the second power play time too? No, they I only have one. They only have so. one power play. Well, they play got unit. one unit, but you got to get this. Yeah, they, know they only have one unit, and they one score. unit with one D man on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tyson Berry. Yeah, so shout out to Bears. He won the fucking D scoring, didn't he? Bears. I think he won it. Fucking cha ching, cha ching, yeah, cha ching. So. Um, Broadway. Let's move into the parlay cafe, fella. Do you got a Friday parlay cafe? And did you hit your parlay last last night? I think you did, didn't you? I hit a parlay last night with uh, Boston, uh, Carolina. In Colorado. Uh, Colorado, so that was that was huge for me. Get off the get the week going in the right way. But for I got a parlay for Thursday's night's game with because uh, there's a lot of games on Thursday, and I think a Tampa Vegas Toronto and that game one in Toronto. That's the parlay that I'm going to be buzzing with on Thursday. But I, of course, I'll have one for Friday for you, fella. But I just got to go look at the lines first. Toronto, Tampa. In Vegas. In Vegas, you got you like Vegas going into mini in game three and stealing it. Oh, I sure do because I think the, I think that that game in mini was kind of a fluke. I mean, it was one nothing. I think Mark Andre Fleury played unbelievable for them, and I just think Vegas is just too deep, too too much experience in that team. I I can see them winning in five games. Broadway, that's great detail, buddy. We appreciate. It. I got a question for you on a puck line perspective here. All right, for the first time in NHL history, the first three games going to overtime. Have we missed the boat? Should we be taking the plus one and a half? Or can you see this continuing as a trend? Or what series may be good for our listeners to take the puck line plus one and a half? I think we missed the boat on the opening uh, weekend of that. Obviously, a lot of those games going to overtime. But then you go to games uh, like last night, you get a five to two victory, a four to one victory. So those puck lines would kill you. But a series where I think you should be taking the plus one and a half is Boston and Washington. I think those are going to be close games every single night. You might get a lot of overtimes in that series. Love it. Love it. Good that's, insight, that's, that's, Jimmy. That's, that's the stuff we need here. I miss a curfew foul. Maybe you'll get me back in the old top titty league with that info. <laughs> and I, hey, we need to make some money here because I had a tough stretch and I'm still, I haven't seen my brother. He's, I know he's back from Florida, but I got a bone to pick with him because I rode, like we know, I rode those flyers and they put <laughs> me in the red. You were betting with your heart, fella. And there's that. I mean, you're, you're the type of guy you wear your heart on your sleeve and fuck. Loyalty. So Good Life, Fine Fun, presented by Good Life, Up Dog, We're Fine. What'd you find us, a bowl of red wine, Scoopsy? Yeah, I think the fine, that's the way. I'll, I'll let you guys back in the league this week. Okay. And I think one of you guys needs to beat me this week in top titty. If you guys beat me, it's a wash. If I, uh, if I beat both of you guys, then... You, you guys can come up with uh, one bottle of wine and add that to my collection. Deal. Sounds fair Let's to me. fucking go. What, what did you used to get fined for when you played? What was the thing you got most fined for? I would get, uh, <laughs> they would be straight five up, uh, $500 straight up fines for usually making out in the bar. Making out in the club. 500 well Just, worth it though, I would yeah, say. I, you know what? I was never the late guy. No. Especially if it was a team dinner. Well, I'm when you didn't go to bed, you didn't have to get up, right? So you're all right. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's like you show up late or, you know, I was never that guy. And you can't be that guy. You can't be late. You were never but, late. No, I fucking realized if you're late. You were late a couple times. For yeah. sure you were late. Only with you when I had fucking, <laughs> when I thought the game was You made six. me late for my preseason game. Like, oh, I got tons of time. <laughs> I got tons of time. Lucky you fucking threw a backhand sauce to me. That was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Thank God for Frosty. Call I us. used to I used to get the fine for PDA too for you know in the club. I Public used to display like, of affection, folks. I'd pay that five hundred. Well, I was trying to set the tone the club for the time. boys. Hey, come on, hey. Oh yeah, it's national league. So, Broadway, we appreciate you. Parlay Cafe, 
Say it again for us Thursday night. Who you got? Thursday night, we got Tampa, Vegas, and Toronto. You heard All it All money line, boys. The Parlay Cafe is open for business. Top titty. Booyah. Welcome back to Mr. Curfew, Up Dog. Uh, we got another great guest, a guy who I got to be honest with, I was a fan of back in the day, and then uh, our paths crossed throughout the, the hockey world. He's done some cool stuff throughout hockey that I can't, get, uh, can't wait to get into it with. But our boy Cabby, what's up, Cabby? Thanks for joining yes, us. Yes, yes. <laughs> I there made he it. Is. There I made he is. It. Thank you. Thank you. I yes. know that a couple of guests had to cancel in order for me to like, you go deep down the bench to, you know, to call my name to get out there on the fourth line, but I appreciate it. Nonetheless, getting some time with you fellas. No, no he's yeah. been number one. We've been wanting to get him for a while. We just been, dude. I mean, when Cavi back in the day, buddy, I remember you did, we did one thing in LA when you came out to LA, I think it was the Canucks and the Kings in the playoffs. And we did a thing at the rink there. And I was like, dude, we got a party when I get back into Toronto. When I got back to the city That's right. and you were the first guy I hit him. I'm like, yo, Cabby, I'm in the city. Loops is here. Let's rock. I, and I think we went out on King Street. I think I did something about your bag, like your hockey bag. Uh, there, I would do such dumbass things. And even in the playoffs where like the media was like so much more intense, the PR guys were so much more intense. I had to lean on dudes that I had either were great personalities and the like bleep the traditional conventional stuff like yourself, or um, <laughs> I had to like, I would wait out. So, you know, when it's Canucks and, and, and LA, it was probably like Naslin or Naslin was probably the cap. I think he was the captain back then. Good looking so I guy. was like, was it, it was Naslin? That, right? that year, that year was, that was the Sedin. So Naslin was a little bit oh. before that, but they, okay, they, they played the Kings in playoffs when Naslin was the captain too, though. Yeah. Back in the day. And then I, so I would wait like to the scrum, like, you know, so there's like 20 reporters circling a player and they would ask, you know, how does it feel? Blah, blah, blah. You know, the same three, four questions that you guys would, you guys have gotten for literally 20 years. And then I would sort of sneak in and I would ask about like, you know, somebody's phone or like, what do you eat before games? Like dumb things. Cause I only want to know about you guys as players and not so much the game. So I was covering more like hockey culture and like amplifying the personality of hockey players because, you know, obviously where we're from, hockey is the NFL of Canada. And um, yeah. it was, it was really special when, when guys played along when they got it. Cause I wasn't trying to, I wasn't there with an agenda. I was there to have fun. And once dudes understood it, like, oh, okay, I can let my guard down a little bit and have fun with this chubby, weird reporter <laughs> who was like wearing baseball caps and, you know, you know, Jordans. And I didn't look like anybody else in the room, literally, whether it's the media or the players, unless it was like LA, like unless Wayne Simmons was there or like if it was Montreal, <laughs> PK was there, or Joel Ward in Nashville. Like they're very, it was like a handful of Jerome again, a handful of dudes that look like me. So it, I was a little bit of an oddball and then asking odd questions, but it, it, it worked when guys like you, and we also did something at the ESPYs. Yeah. We did something about uh, being famous, and I think I brought an iPad. I haven't seen the segment in a while, but you and, and Joffrey had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I do remember those nights, uh, albeit blurry, in Toronto where we. Um, hey, have you told the? Have you told the? Now I think the statute of limitations has passed. Have you told the Washington Capitals rookie party story? I, I yeah, I have with, with in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, I have told that story about where I where I text Peter after the game and the city was dead. I'm like, where the fuck is everyone, Peter? He's like, up in up in They were all at this one hotel, at the penthouse. Yeah, he's like, it's Washington Capitals rookie party, and I had the day off the next day, so I'm like. 
fuck it. Ask the boys if they mind if I slide over. <laughs> so sure enough, I end up the only guy in there at the Washington Capitals. And me and Peter Gurgis and a couple of broads were the last four standing there. Everyone else is gone. So <laughs> I remember seeing you. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Like, I thought it was, I don't know. I thought there was some unwritten rule about, I just didn't know that hockey players were all, like, uh, many of them friends off the ice. And then you were like, you were going to play them in like two, two or three nights. days. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I saw you there and I was like, yeah, I mean, it was a vortex of, of, uh, talent in Vancouver. Cause they were, there were like 40 dudes there and about 120 baddies. Yeah. There were just baddies everywhere. And, um, it was one of the, one of the highlights of, of my, uh, experience with hockey dudes. Yeah, it was the I like we won the game that night. I'm like, fuck, where are the, yeah, yeah. Where, where, where are the girls? Where are the girls? And then, like, sure enough, they were all there up here. with their cell phones and everything locked. Like, yeah. hey, you come in this room, you put your cell phone in this basket, and yeah, you no just come, phones. Yeah, no, no phones you come on in. Sure. And that was the start. First of all, Peter Gurgis, have you been following his Instagram lately? This guy's just running around Miami like he fucking owns the place, huh? Yeah, Peter, you know, and I know, so for the audience, Peter is a, is a restaurateur, he's a business owner, he has a, a restaurants in Vancouver and, and made his name Vancouver and he's, he's moved back to Toronto. Peter's kind of sort of descended into this like, like this, you know, when you can go like down YouTube rabbit holes of like conspiracy theories and like, oh yeah, I love Peter, but he's kind of on the, like politically just in a different space. And it's uh, and I've seen some other people sort of go over there since the pandemic because you know the lockdown rules in Canada are kind of repressive and, but anyway, so but yeah, Peter, yeah, to your point, he's in Miami. He's gonna open a, a restaurant like a supper club there. So I, I messaged him the other day. I'm like, bro, we need to talk about your finances. You cannot. This is not a sustainable lifestyle. You're not freaking Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, where your checking account just says unlimited. It's the unlimited side. Like you're you're not those dudes. So you when you what? get back, we need to have a sit down. It's true. And it's a good point. And, and, and up, he's got a question for you about how you made the guys comfortable. But the last thing on Peter Gurgis, like, <laughs> buddy, before he opened up a hundred nights in Vancouver, when I was playing there, like he was broke, he was going through like a lawsuit with his uncle and he didn't have two nickels to rub together. And then all That's of a sudden, right. so you oh. got to give him credit because he does have balls when it comes to that, like just going forward. And it worked out for him in Vancouver and Toronto. Definitely. He definitely has a vision and he's, and he sticks to it. And then it's just like, Peter knows everyone. Like you could go to any, you could go to Nashville. You could go to, you I could was probably in, go to France. Like I was Paris in Paris. Or I, London. That's so funny. You said I was in, I played hockey in Switzerland last year, this time. Well, actually just before this time. And sure enough, I I'm like, I swear Peter was just here. You know, I'm in Paris with two guys from my Swiss team. I'm like, let me hit him up. He's like, ah, up dog. I just left, but go see my boys at, uh, you know, the titty twister or this other bar. And <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm like, okay, okay. So, uh, you know, I text these guys. I'm like, Hey boys, I'm, I'm in town. A couple hockey guys. These guys are monsters, you know, six, four, six, five, but I need you to set us up, you know, the way Peter Gurges would. So they're like, Oh, Peter, we love him. He was just here. And we go in and these guys have never seen a night like this in their <laughs> lives. Right. They're Amazing. just like, I'm talking bottles and girls and they're just like, Holy shit. And you know, of course I'm like, well, you guys are my guests. So I'm gonna take care of this. And they're like, Friend of Peter, friend of ours, you know, here's a free bottle of, you know, because Peter's the champagne king of Canada too, right? He sure is. He, he, <laughs> he sells sure more is. bottles of Dom than I think anyone in, in Canada, which uh, is, is a pretty big true. It is true. true. And the last Peter story before we move on, <laughs> he comes out to Hollywood before the pandemic. It's me, him, and uh, I think 
one player that's still in the name in the NHL, which will, will remain nameless, but Peter okay. starts popping these bottles at, at uh, One Oak Cabby, and he's going buck ditty. And I'm thinking these are adding up, right? And then the check comes, and he looks at me and the current NHL player. He's like, "You boys don't mind splitting this three ways, do you?" <laughs> That's his move. That's, that's his move. That's yeah. his move, but you got to That, that sounds it. exactly like Peter. So, Cabby, He's I, the plug. He's yeah, the go plug. ahead, Scott. Cabby, I just wanted to dive into what we were just talking about before, um, uh, just about hockey players in general. And what I've seen you've been able to do in, in your tenure around the, the game and the teams and these players is bring out a side of us that, you know, normally, you know, either our coach or our GM or, you know, the the the, the fans, like, aren't expecting, right? Or, or they don't ever want us to get to that level. I just watched you with Connor. I, I, I watched a video the other night with, with you and McDavid. You know, you guys are racing little, like, you know, toy trucks. And, and you know, you're laughing and doing games, like, texting, like, the fastest way you can text uh, your mom or whatever. <laughs> like, the, these games, how have you been able to curate, like, that artistic side of you to, to allow us to kind of open up? And, you know, for fans, it's incredible because you're bringing out a side of us that they don't see under a helmet or with skates on. Um, and, and, man, it's just, it's, it's uplifting it's great. Uh, you see like sides of these young kids now that, that we all need to see because ESPN and Turner, they want to see that too. So like, how have you been able to, to artistically do that? Well, thanks, man. Thanks for, for, for mentioning it. I, I have a, a great collaborator, uh, Dave Cricks, my man, D. And we just... <laughs> Cricksy, my man, D. Yeah, yeah. So we, um, you know, we would just bounce ideas off each other. And in many ways, like we, we tried to, we, we, fashioned the content that we created uh kind of like um talk show hosts so like conan and kimmel and fallon like they're amazing because they get this time time with these a-listers and they play games and it's just fun so i i understood early on that i'm i want to entertain first and inform second now it wasn't like a conscious thing like i'm gonna watch what conan does conan was is my favorite of the talk show hosts but i i felt like a sense of fearlessness because there was no one else in the space you know bringing pop culture and sports together and certainly in hockey your guys personalities were so repressed and for me i just like i want to be friends with everybody so i'll put my arm around guys yeah. i'll touch guys on their chest i'll put my face on <laughs> and i love I, I bring this up often like gets laugh will let me put like my like almost noses touching nose like my face my hot <laughs> sweaty face against his face and he'll just let me do it. I, there was a, there, there was a, I did a bit once with Kessler and Getzlaff, the like when Kessler first went to the Ducks, and I just called it my two Ryan's, and we brought wigs, like we brought wigs for Ryan Getzlaff, who who isn't sensitive that he's in his friggin' Mark Messier years, because some guys are sensitive about their hair, obviously, but this, so we like. I could, you know, I've never seen anybody like wearing wigs and, and it wasn't like an Afro wig. It was like someone's grandma's wig, but you know, you guys, one thing about hockey players is you guys chirp each other relentlessly. So that just helps with, that gives me a little bit of permission to chirp. I, although I don't do it very much. I like to be the butt of the jokes. Cause I just think it just makes everybody feel more comfortable. But anyway, let me get back to your question, Scott. Um, I think it was a relief. Like when I would ask guys about themselves, sneakers what restaurants they want to go to like in the city music they would listen to and i was the same age as many of you guys i'm, I'm older than you guys but at the time when i was doing cabbie on the street at the score cabbie presents at tsn 
So it was like, they would smile. Like I, I remember I got Stamkos to do this bit where I was his acting coach and he would do different characters in the mirror before going to shoot <laughs> like a, a, a Coke commercial. Um, I wrote a, one of my favorites is I wrote this prank for Ben and Sagan where they called their moms and they said they were gonna propose to their girlfriends. Neither of them had girlfriends at the time. And then the twist was, uh, could they, they asked their moms if they could use grandma's ring to propose to their fictional girlfriends. <laughs> and just like the heartbreak of both Tyler Sagan's mom and Jamie Ben's mom. Cause they are like, this is the first time you're telling me about a girl. And now you're telling me you want to propose to a girl. And then you want to use Nana's ring. And it was like, it was, it was a lot of fun. But, um, you know, actually, you know where I got minted? This is where I got minted. I was covering the Stanley cup playoffs in 2000. I started in 2007. It was, it was the Senators versus the Ducks. And that's where I became friends with um, Ryan Getzlaff and Dustin Penner, who is, who was like a legend back in the day. I want, I want, I have a good, anyway, I have a good Dustin Penner story. <laughs> we I don't all do. Much, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you guys do too, because he, I mean, he's in Newport as well. I, yeah. I still believe, right? I don't yes, know if you see him as that, that You want to talk about and, going, you want to talk about going down rabbit holes. That boy, right? is, yes, that boy yeah, is in a yeah, rabbit yeah. hole right now. We can't get yeah. him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's on, he's on like, he's in like the Southern hemisphere yeah, right exactly. now as far as rabbit holes go. Um, but um, what, when I would do these, these uh, interviews during like the playoffs where it's like super intense um, and I was in there kind of being a clown, players back in Canada, like if they're playing, if players are playing for American teams, they would see these segments on the score. And then like, they would text their boys like, yo, I saw you on cabbie. So I would, I would get like validated from their boys back in their small towns while dudes are playing in Chicago or Detroit or Philadelphia. So, and I didn't really know this at the time, but it, it helped in getting access to some of these dudes. And then like, when you had, I had like Zetterberg once, I brought in, uh, they swept Colorado and it was, and Zetterberg was an absolute magician. Him and, him and Datsuk played on the top line. I, I snuck in a broom in like game four <laughs> in Colorado. I snuck it into the, into the dressing room. And I was like, yo bro, I brought you a present. And he's, what is this? I'm like, it's go ahead and use it. Go ahead and you use it on the ice. Go ahead and use it in the, in the dressing room. And uh, it was just, it was pretty ballsy and pretty bold. And I probably should have been thrown out of there, but I got away with it. And that empowered me to like take big chances like that. But more importantly, the guys felt comfortable with me because I wasn't asking about concussions or losing streaks or playing time or the referees. I was just there to have fun. So that's what, that's what helped me, Scott. Yeah. And, and Cavi, dude, I was a fan of yours, man. When the score first came out and, and you started doing your thing. And a guy I do, I work with now, Steve Cooley's was on there. Cools. Yes. He's a great man. Yeah. I host the power play with him. When you guys first started out, did, did you watch other programs like TSN? I know you worked for eventually. And did you be like, you know, this is my chance to, to bring this network, to, to give hockey exactly what they needed, to show these personalities of their hockey players? Because I want to ask you about T, TNT and ESPN moving forward. But you guys did that in hockey. And, and it changed the way hockey players were viewed in Canada forever. I didn't think of it in such a conscious manner. I was like, I was just trying to do something fun and that people hadn't really seen in sports. I would, you know, when I was younger, I watched Ahmad Rashad on NBA, uh, NBA's Inside Stuff. Yes, and he great. was like best friends with Michael Jordan. So he had access to the most celebrated athlete in history, arguably him or Muhammad Ali. So I was like, and I was like, this is Michael Jordan. Like he's playing, he's throwing the football around with Michael Jordan in his backyard. And I think subconsciously, I'm like, I want to do that too, even though I didn't really have those aspirations. But when in hockey, like hockey players were 
we're, the, you know, Wayne Gretzky is the Michael Jordan of Canada. And, and although it took me a long time to get to Wayne Gretzky, on my way up, I still wanted to have fun with these guys that I still revered. And I have a, I have to shout out, but you mentioned Steve Cooley. So in the score days, it was um, Brian McCabe and Darcy Tucker, uh, who were like, Darcy Tucker was, you know, was a, he was like Wolverine on the ice. Like, yeah. you know, two and, of my and favorite Leafs of all times. Yeah. What's that? Two of my favorite Leafs, Tucks and Caber. Oh, nice. my favorite. Yeah. And um, they had a uh, an acrimonious relationship with the media. However, they would come back, you know, from the showers or whatever, come back into the room and do interviews with me because they could relax. And the Toronto media is like garish and, you know, every, you know, everybody's trying to blow up the players and not blow them up, but like put dudes on blast and like find faults and everything. And I just let them live. And so because those guys, you know, they had fun with me, uh, it, it, I think it's helped um, with other players around the league. And certainly when guys would come, you know, coming into can Canadian markets and the score would be on, and my segment would loop all the time, that allowed me to get uh, a little bit more, um, uh, uh, availability with with um, some of the other some other players. What Cabby? What's the cra what's the craziest thing you've ever been able to get one of your guests to do? Like, because I'm sure you're like, I'm going to push this guy right now. <laughs> I want to see where he's going to go. What's what's like the crazy? I, I seen something yesterday that you had Usain Bolt do, which is pretty damn cool. Um, but maybe that's not on like the craziest thing. But um, yeah, like craziest. what was? You know, I wasn't. I, I never wanted to get guys in trouble. Yeah. And uh, so um, let's see. No, guys, that's the caveat. That was the biggest feather in your cap was that you're you're a funny dude, but guys trusted you, right? Like it's the day first day I met you. I was a fan. I'd watch you on the score, but I was like, Cavi, I'll do basically whatever the whatever you want me to do, uh, yeah, brother, because yeah. I know it's going to be funny. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I've been talking to these guys interviewing these guys all year over here that are no disrespect to them. They work hard, but are not that interesting. So you grew the respect and the trust of players right away. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, I got, I mean, nothing I mean, I really guess you crazy. Just, I guess we just uh, talked yeah, about I, I that. But I'm like, in my head, I'm like picturing Hussein Bolt doing this thing. And, and he's like, I don't ever really do this for anyone, bro. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he gave me, yeah, he gave me his signature, his signature move. So we were racing um, remote controlled cars because I, I was so stressed about the interview. It took us nine years to get Usain Bolt. That's crazy. And then I was laying in bed. I'm like, oh my gosh, how can I race the fastest man on earth? Like what, what, how can I normalize this dude who is not a normal human being? No. And then I came up with the idea of, of remote control cars. I'm like, let me just go to Toys R Us and just find the best. And then I saw the Super Mario Kart. I'm like, this is amazing. Like everybody knows Mario Kart. I'm sure everybody's played it. So he chose Yoshi and I was Mario and then he won. And then, uh, yeah, yeah he gave me, his, uh, I once got Mike Tyson to put Vaseline on my face. That, I mean, it's not crazy, but it's very odd. And he actually put some Vaseline behind my ears. And he said, just in case you want to bite the, someone wants to bite your ears. He kind of slipped that in while he was applying a huge glob of Vaseline on my face. And I was in his backyard too. It was, that was so, so weird. Um, that's cool. No, that's cool. With the tigers. Shoot, I, I wish I wish I had guys like, um, you know, I had to remember when we when Doritos had those like ghost pepper chips. Like yeah. one chip was like fifty bucks, and it was like the 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 most scorching hot. So I, I brought that to the Grey Cup, and I had like the Calgary Stampeders. I know this isn't hockey. No, Calgary okay. Stampeders and right. the and the Toronto Argonauts eat 
some of these chips. And then we each, we bought like a four liter jug of milk because milk is supposed to, um, it's supposed to take away the sting of the, of the pepper. And the next, the next year there was a guy, so Calgary lost the game. And one of the guys, one of the starters on the defense blamed the chip, like blame me for the loss. Cause he, he said, I didn't feel right the next game. The next <laughs> game. So then I was, I was never able to interview that guy again because he blamed me for the, for the, the ghost pepper thing. So I, 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 I got to tell a quick story now that you brought up the milk being the only cure thing for any sort of burns or, or things that are hot. I'm in Costa Rica a couple years ago. And, you know, we're all getting banged up at the house. And my girl who likes spicy margaritas, you know, crazy amounts of jalapenos, like, hey, can you go make me a drink? So I, you know, sneak off of the kitchen. I cut these jalapenos and I start squeezing them in there. Oh, no. And I bring it back to her, you know, on ice. It's a nice drink. It's super spicy. And I sneak off to go take a piss. And when I come back, I'm in the room. We're all just kind of <laughs> hanging out. I all of a sudden feel this burn that I have never felt in my life on my ball sack. And I look around and I go, Oh my God. And I literally fall to the ground, squeezing my nuts, just like, Oh, I'm in so much pain. And everyone's looking at me like, what's going on with this guy? I'm like the jalapenos. So because I just, you know, I went to the bathroom and I came back, I had grabbed like underneath, you know, and I ran into the pool and I jumped into the pool and that almost made it worse. So yeah, then I'm like, dude. What? so it's so funny that I have this, I have this lip chap stuff right here with missing curfew lip chap right here. Yeah. I had to rub lip stuff all over my balls. That was like, <laughs> I was like, it that was, was burning so bad. Well, that was the only cure I could think of. But now that you brought up milk, I'm like, oh, I should have had a, Just I should have had a cup of milk. Sack, the milk. I was, <laughs> Christine, Christina had one Holy of these. Me. I'm just like rubbing it all over. And it was the only thing that could, could cure my, my pain. Oh. You've had a different kind of burn before the hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it hurt so bad. Hey, Cabby, man. Um, yes. Me and Uppy, you know, when ESPN and TNT signed the deal with the NHL, yeah. you know, we were super excited about it. And I, I know you're super busy with other stuff, but your name came to mind. What were your thoughts? Do you have any plans in getting involved with them or, or just, I think it's good for Hockey in the States to have it on TNT and ESPN. It's, it's huge for the NHL. It's, yeah. it's ESPN does a great job with its live properties to make them important and to sort of, to elevate the game. And TNT with, you know, T Turner owns Bleacher Report and that's Bleacher Report's who I work for okay. as well as, as Turner, but Bleacher Report amplifies and curates the culture of sports. So we're going to see more posts with Ovi and his little, and his son. And like, you know, whenever, whenever LeBron, you know, and his kids at home are like, do like they do a TikTok that's like elevated to like the national account on Bleacher Report. You know, there's, there are going to now. Uh, I would I would imagine that on the bleacher side they'll identify like who are the athletes that we wanna we wanna elevate because for for us it's Curry it's Braun and it's Zion so in the NHL I'm not exactly sure who that other than uh, Alex Ovechkin and Matthews Matthews like, and I know he Matthews. plays in Canada Matthews is a guy. Like that's a guy they would probably want to get involved for sure. You know what? He just did an AMA on BR. So at Matthews, because he likes fashion, yeah, exactly. that's like an easy, an easy play. You guys need to do the tunnel walks and maybe we'll see those now because like that's a monetized piece of content for NBA. It's like every team has a, you know, the tunnel walk sponsored by Michelob Ultra or, you know, some bank. And it's just, all it is is the team photographer just taking photos of dudes coming off the, the bus in their outfits and, 
that is like there's almost two games in the NBA. It's the fashion game and then the product on the court. I imagine since and like every NHL dude is on Instagram and just sees how much love these basketball dudes get because of a lot of their fashion choices and whatever that will now that will elevate them so yeah espn you know i think turner's doing all the winter classics they're doing three of the seven stanley cup finals espn will do four of the seven it's absolutely going to elevate the game and you know espn makes sports important i mean it's the leader in sports and turner having um uh i don't know which day of the week the nhl broadcasts are going to be i, I was in a meeting yesterday and it, it hasn't been finalized but very top line it's definitely going to elevate the sport and it's going to be it's going to be dope i haven't had any conversation i don't think they think of me as a hockey guy yeah <clears throat> i know I'm, I'm obviously from canada yeah you are a hockey guy deep down totally. deep down you are yeah, well-rounded guy <laughs> well-rounded well canadians are well-rounded i appreciate that uh, i'm well-rounded like my round face <laughs> um so so I, I you know i would love to to do some content i would love to do interviews and stuff. I'm I'm in the betting category right now, which is exploding, and I'm still learning how to gamble on hockey. And I'm just I've just been taking I've been betting on overs. I like first period overs, but I haven't. And every once in a while, I bet on like players scoring goals. You know, I had a text. I got a text from I haven't told anybody this. I got a text from JVR. I want to say a week ago, and I just put out. I do these little silly playlists every week. He goes, um, because I'm listening to your playlist on the way to the rink. It better it better. Um, I better net it better bring me a goal. I'm like, I'm betting on you to score tonight. Start with this particular song. He didn't score. And I think his team won seven two. And I messaged him after the game, like, everybody scored but you, bro. And he just responded with like a ha ha. And then I bet him, I'm like, okay, maybe in the next game. So I bet another hundred bucks for him to score. He didn't score. So I'm on JVR, you owe me two hundred bucks, my dude. <laughs> Cabby, can you uh, can you talk a little bit about your your show that you're on right now with um yeah it's like MGM bets right MGM bets and NBA TV is that is that the yeah thanks man so we so at Turner I do these bet streams so it's I'm broadcasting a game these basketball games with two other people from a betting perspective so we're not like narrating the action but we're having like a conversation around betting so player props you know betting lines in in the corner in the quarters or halves. Uh, betting strategy it's it's try, we try to make it feel like a hang while we're watching a game so it's on um bet mgm is one of them on the weekends and then tnt bets is the other stream on on uh on like thursday tuesdays and thursdays and then on bleacher side we have a show right now called group chat where we talk about the nba and we talk about like betting and it's supposed to be again another hang where we talk ish to each other a little bit and we bet on player props it's all like our audience is very casual, not the hardcore better because the hardcore betters aren't going to watch Bleacher Report for like their betting info. They have their guys. They and and usually betters are like the they like know more than everybody. That's sort of their general disposition. They don't need any help with their bets. So we like we attract sort of the the novice betters. People are just kind of getting into the space. People like me who maybe bet twenty bucks on a game but are trying to win 2000 on like a 10 leg parlay. So that's how we, we customize our, our content. So that's what I'm, I'm up to. I have a, I have a group chat soon and then, you know, NBA playoffs, uh, we'll be doing a bunch and then we head into NFL and then I, you know what? I don't think we'll be doing hockey stuff yet. Ho the hockey deal starts next year. So I'll be jumping in on like 
first period overs and player props and I, i'll probably just bet on mcdavid every single game because he's he's good for at least a point every game yeah you're that's a, that's a safe bet and i'll be tuning in next year because i could use a parlay cabbie right now i'm telling you i could use a parlay <laughs> to save my life my right G. now brother um you talk about tnt again and and who knows if you'll get involved. I think you'd be great. But Charles Barkley, who I absolutely love. And listen, Cabby, I don't watch a whole lot of hoops anymore just because I'm watching so much hockey. But I tune into Inside the NBA after the game for the hour with him, Kenny, and Shaq. Barkley loves hockey. Do you think there's any chance he may get involved? And, and it's a no-brainer if he wants to get involved, right? Uh, yeah, but I don't know if the hockey audience is going to accept Charles Barkley. Like... You yeah. know, you the, the hockey the hockey cult the hockey world is very particular, and you guys are like, some people are like, just stay away. We got it from here. We don't need any more fans. <laughs> kind of like UFC as well. Like if you try to like enter, if you don't enter in cautiously, then they'll like attack you. And I'm and I'm speaking mostly like in the comment section of like posts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Barkley, I believe he has a house in Arizona. I know he's friends with Wayne Gretzky. I mean, I. Uh, the 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 coyotes would probably be his team and just having someone is like a hall charles barkley is a hall of famer in springfield uh, massachusetts and in the television hall of fame so having him part of a couple of broadcasts would be fun just um chopping it up i think i don't know if this is confirmed but i think i, I read ed Olchek. yeah and um Eddie O's in there for sure, which would be great. He's a beauty. I don't. I can't remember who else. It would be great to have some new blood, like some new young voices, some different voices uh, in the Wait, game. I think um, they're trying to get diverse Gretzky, voices because you know it. We it hockey needs to grow in communities where it's underrepresented, and that will be a big area for growth. So um, you know, Charles might be one of those. I mean, he's. Yeah. Uh, I love him. I, uh, I love him. Yeah, he's he's fun to watch. Um, nobody, nobody really takes him seriously. He doesn't take himself seriously, <laughs> which makes it so much more enjoyable to to consume and to uh, to watch. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. We got to ask you about uh, playoffs are about to start here. I know you're a Leafs guy or Toronto guy. Uh, they officially won the North Division. You got to feel for some of these Leafs fans, bro. They can't go to games. <laughs> they can't go to bars. Is this the year the Leafs win it and nobody can fucking celebrate? That would you know be the what? luck they had in Toronto, bro. It, yeah, I, I am a Toronto guy. I'm not necessarily a Leafs guy. I, I do have friends on the team. So it's weird, Shane, because I've become friends with some of you guys and like some of your friends, I end up rooting for them and not specifically their teams. Like I, I'm uh, Mike Richards is one of them. Like he's probably the, the guy I'm the closest to him or Stoli, the guy I'm guys I'm closest to in, uh, for, uh, in the NHL. So and like I've been to their homes and we've like, you know, I've, I've crashed in their like guest rooms and like, I, I got to eat, uh, uh, Mike Richards allowed me to eat lucky charms out of the Stanley cup, a privilege I did not earn because I did not earn the right, because I'm not a player, but I, you know, that one Sunday morning at his house in Kenora, I got to eat, uh, out of the cup. So I ended up rooting for, for dudes, but you know, it would be interesting if the, It'd be poetic if the Toronto Maple Leafs, <laughs> the most celebrated team in the sport, or the Canadians are the most celebrated, but yeah. the, the the Leafs are, I guess, the biggest team. <laughs> they win the, the Stanley Cup. There's like no parade. I mean, we had the Raptors parade in 2019, oh, and there were two and a half million people that descended on the city. Even if we were before COVID times and the Leafs won, I don't think the parade would be that big, uh, but it would be something special. I, I like, I listen, last thing, I put some money on, uh, the Avalanche, Me too. I put some money on the Golden Knights, and I really should have put some money on Carolina. 
Um, you still got time. There, you still got time. I, I guess there's time. Yeah. There, but like the, you're not getting great value now. Like if Carolina might be like a plus 400 versus like three months ago, or even Florida three months ago, they may have been like a plus 1000. You put a hundred, couple hundred on there, get a nice payout. But, um, I'll be, I'll be uh, excited to watch the, uh, the playoffs. I may not be as dialed in as you guys, but I'll watch, I'll watch casually. Carolina Hurricanes plus 750 right now, Cabby. You can okay, jump on them. Okay. You can jump well, on them. That's, that's not bad. The and then have? what's what, what are the Panthers? The Panthers are plus 2,000 right now. Wow. Oilers like plus 1,600. Okay. I yeah, mean, so there's still some value there. There's still some yeah. value I, there for the boys. You, you know, I mean, I, you got you to gotta go with the hot goalie. And, like, uh, Florida's got Drieger and uh, uh, Carolina – uh, Nadel- Nadelkovich is the, the the Carolina goalie, right? Yeah, he's come out of nowhere. They got him and Marasnik, but yeah, that guy, that kid's come out of nowhere and been unreal for them. I know, I know. Jack Campbell's been nice for for the Maple Leafs. So, and then Mark Andre Fleury is 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 amazing. Even though like he was a cast off, but he's still like awesome. So I I probably listen. What'd you say? You said Florida's plus two thousand, and in Carolina's plus seven fifty. Yeah. Ooh, that's tempting. You okay, might get, well, thank I you think, for planting those seeds. I think you've talked me into putting a little cash on Carolina. I might put a little cash <laughs> on Carolina. Um, a hot goalie will do I'm, it for you, man. Yeah, and you got to get through Tampa and Florida, right? It's Tampa's hard. a little banged up. Hedman's, yeah. But they'll all be back, but that's the biggest concern. Will they? Will all the Tampa guys be back? Kucherov and Stammer are, are supposed to be ready for game one. Yeah, so. that's an ace But are they going to be 100%? Are you getting like 80% of Stamkos? That's, that's a million. I know, right? That's the question. 67% of Kucherov. Has you might have to text Stammer and be like, how healthy are you feeling? Stammer, right <laughs> <laughs> Stammer's a friend of the pod. Yeah. He's been on. He's been. Has he been straight. on? Okay, nice. Because he is so hard to get. Like the I, and I and I, I'll praise uh, Paul a bit, Biz and and Whitney for getting him on like in previous podcasts o- over there. Because he's like, I'll only get to Stamkos like once every like three or four years, and then other times I'll message him, zero response. So salute <laughs> to you guys. Yeah, uh, forget him. And you know what, you guys. Because you guys are in the content game, it's it's a lot harder for dudes like me to get guests on shows because you guys are part of the fraternity. They are going to trust you because you 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 guys have gone through the NHL experience. You guys are 10, 12, 15 year vets and uh, you have that shared experience. So you like they know you guys provide a safe space and you guys what you guys do missing curfew is just try to have fun. And that's what dudes want. They they talk about the x's and o's and all the narratives and the storylines every day they just want to relax and you guys provide that for dude so i you know you you'll get some great guests and i'm sure you've had some freaking awesome pods in, in the past so salute to you thank th- you thank dudes. you we appreciate that and i i took stammer out in Prague when he was 18 years old so he owed me i'm like stammer you're coming on the podcast <laughs> buddy all right you're coming on the podcast outstanding Cabby, my man last thing i really appreciate i know you're a busy dude I want to thank you, first of all, for everything you've done for hockey because you did make a difference back home in Canada. And I, and I hope you get involved down here with, with TNT. Uh, it's been just over a year. We have a lot of good friends in Newport Beach that knew Kobe and the relationship right. that you had built with them. Listen, you want to talk about a guy who wasn't easy with the media. He wasn't, but he grew to love you. Just real quick, what he meant to you and, and, and how crazy it's been a year since we lost such an iconic, not only basketball player, but person. Kobe Bryant is probably the most important athlete uh, in my career because Kobe allowed me to have fun with him and he was a global star and he allowed me to have fun with him and allowed himself to have fun in interviews when he'd never, he'd never done so before. Exactly. And I think it was because 
I was Canadian and because <laughs> I was fat and I'm just like a weirdo and I was asking to stay at his house. Then he realized he's like, oh, okay, this guy's different. He's strange, but he's harmless. And once I built that trust with him in a short amount of time between December of 05 and February of 06, that laid the foundation for all of the interviews I got to do after that. So I probably interviewed Kobe about 20 times and, um, you know, the way that he passed, he left us in a, in a helicopter. I was the only person that got to go in a helicopter with him, like to shoot us, to, not, not as a passenger, but to actually record an interview with him in a helicopter. And he elevated my career more than any other athlete. So I'll always be indebted and grateful to Kobe Bryant. Um, he, he just allowed himself to have fun because, you know, we saw him on the court as a tenacious uh, def, uh, competitor, but we didn't get to hear him crack jokes or have like a dry sense of humor or be silly and goofy. Like he sung to me once I brought him pajamas. I, <laughs> I brought him lunch. Like we traveled in a limousine. I would bring him. And I think that was probably when I started in, um, integrating props into my interviews. Cause it's just something that people had really never done before. Uh, so I'm, I'm forever grateful to, to Kobe Bryant. I, I remember when you brought the pajamas, that one was fucking hilarious. Thanks man. And listen, Thank you. if he likes fat Canadians, I, I mean, me and Kobe would have got along well then too. If that was, if that was, <laughs> if that was the reason, um, Cabby, you're the man, buddy. I'm proud of you. Uh, whenever we can mix Thanks, it up and go for a couple, let's do it again. Uh, we really appreciate this buddy. Yeah, buddy. I look, I look forward to it. Listen, I'm in Las Vegas, so I'm next door to you. So, uh, expect a text message very soon if you guys aren't uh, uh, locked down in Cal. I think you guys are a little bit. Vegas, wide open, so I expect a few Moscow meals very soon. I got an answer for that. Let's just go catch a playoff yeah. game. Yeah, we're coming out to catch a playoff game. We'll let yeah, you know. There we go. We're, we're going to shoot some stuff out there. We'll rip it up. Wonderful. All right, Okay, man. let's get it. We'll bring the cameras and the props, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Cabby. Guys. Thanks, Cabby. My pleasure. Up dog, uh, first of all, thanks Cabby for coming on, man. Just a, just a cool dude. That listen, I was a fan of his, man. When I was playing junior hockey and turned pro, and the score came out, and Steve Cools was on there, and they were just trying to make something different than TSN and Sportsnet. Um, got to know him a little bit, and he's just a fun-loving dude. And I just think you know, bringing him on right now with the new ESPN deal, and the new TNT deal. I think guys like him and, and stuff like that is good for the game, especially down here in the States. So thanks to Cabby and he's just a beauty. Yeah. You know what else I love is that he's a character, man. He's yeah. an entertainer. And in hockey, some of these guys that we watch on TV who aren't ex guys who speak from this like fucking, uh, a news like reporter with like terrible hair. And I'm not going to mention anyone's names, but they're like, <laughs> Who are you to have your opinion like this biased on the fact you've never put on a pair of skates ever? He gives this sport a fresh outlook. All the guys love him. He's best buddies with Stoli. You know, Loops loved him. Loops, Mike Richards. uh, And we all respect him. And he is a cool cat. uh, So thanks for him for coming on. Um, I hope, man, I hope like TNT realizes what kind of guy this guy is and what they can get out of him for content with, uh, with, you know, players and who knows, maybe there's a little collab down the road. Yeah. And I'm going to say one thing cause playoff hockey started here and I'm watching all these games, the, the intermission stuff, it's, it's fucking unwatchable. <laughs> it totally is. It, it's, it is. And it's no disrespect to anyone who's doing it because I don't think they've set them up for the best success, but it, it's, it's unwatchable. I turn it off in between periods. I turn it off. Yeah. 
and I and I don't want to. You can't hear. I, I want. I can't hear Dominic Moore talk yeah, about anything. Yeah, else. like I, I just I, I want to watch the intermission, and I can't. It's unwatchable. Yeah. So, anyways, to Cabby, you the Cabby. man. We love you. We'll see you in Vegas. Hopefully, here when the Golden Knights tie up the series tonight, Uppy, or I guess this is Tuesday. It might be one one when this comes out on Thursday. But to Cabby, you the man, and to to people out there, just. Let's do some cool stuff with the game. Let's mix it up. I mean, go check out Cabby's stuff, what he did with Kobe Bryant and Kyle Lowry. And, like, it's it's just cool shit, and that's what hockey needs, man. We need fun guys in there to mix it up. Don't talk about breakouts. Don't talk about two-on-ones. We don't give a fuck-ups, right? <laughs> I sure don't. <laughs> All right. Uh, Cabby, thank you. Uh, to um, Uppy, Missing Curfew, enter to win. Our enter to win, www.missingcurfew.com. Put your email in. Join our mailing list. Uh, our enter to win has some great prizes and they're only getting better as our sponsors grow. And uh, you teed me right up. Our sponsors up. You're damn right. Oops. You guys are doing, everyone's doing a great job at hall pass media. Our DraftKings, Thank you. Doing some cool shit for us. Good life. Making the boys look sharp up dog or a ring or a ring. I baby. just got my aura ring. You did. Yeah. Woohoo, baby. Woo! Come on. Come on, Ram. I can't wait to see you. Uh, I can't wait to see you use this, but this is a special, uh, it's a special wearable tech. You gotta take it off when you jerk off, or do you leave it on? Uh, well, <laughs> it can slide off because I use all that coconut oil. Oh, you do like a good coconut oil. Canada dips, lip boomers. Canada dips. Tell you what, I got my door the other day. I got five more Cali rolls waiting for me. 25 tins. I'm Are chewing this stuff. Footlongs? Like- Foot log. Get Who's got foot the log. foot log? I'm telling you, these fucking lip boomers, man. They're unbelievable. And Manscaped. Oh, Manscaped. Bald deodorant. I love it. Yeah. Bald you know, deodorant. It's, it's time. It's time, actually. I get hooked up with that uh, razor again. Yeah. I got to get the weed whacker, but get the nose hairs under control. Yeah, so uh, to our sponsors, I'll be thank you, right? 100%. Thank you. Again, thank you, fans. All your support matters. We love bringing you this NHL uh, lifestyle podcast so jump on our spotify apple podcast whatever your podcast uh, platform platform is leave a review chirp us you leave one star we're fucking coming yeah knocking. yeah you can chirp us but don't leave us one star come on we're, we're trying here but you can rip us that's all good fun but give it. us like five stars for Love even it. if you don't like us right so rate and review and uh you know obi won't hit on your girlfriend so. <laughs> that was mr curfew playoff hockey baby